This is Motor Racing Network Classics, presented by MRN. They fire the engines. All 30 cars come to life. They start to roll down to the first turn. And Mike looks like they'll take three laps before we put them under green. They will, Barney, and they're set to go as they trail off behind the Pontiac Trans Am safety car. Yesterday afternoon, in the second round of Bush qualifying, Jeff Bodine ended up on the pole for the first Union 400. He had kind of mixed feelings about knocking Friday's fastest qualifier, Richard Petty, off the pole position. I really did. I still do. He's my hero. I grew up cheering for that guy, and uh, I still cheer for him once in a while when I'm not out there. But So I like to see Richard on a pole. I was glad he, he was yesterday and last night. I do kind of feel a little bad, but I think, uh, you know, this is tough business. This is racing, and you, you go out there to do your best, no matter who's in front of you. And we'd like to see our team car, Tim Richard, and get a pole and win a race this year. But as long as we're on the track, we're going to run as hard as we can to, to try to get the pole and win. Thoughts of Jeff Bodine, who's on the pole. We'll have two in-car radios today, one in Terry Labonte's Piedmont Oldsmobile and one in Karen, Ken Schrader's Red Baron Pizza Ford, the Junie Donlevy car. Let's, uh, let's see if we can check in with Terry Labonte on the second of these three pace laps. Terry, this is Motor Racing Network up in the tower. What kind of a race do you look for on this track today? The best you can to get your pause right. Well, I don't know. I think it's going to be a real competitive race. According to practice yesterday, there was an awful lot of cars running about the same speed. Want to wish you good luck today, and we'll talk to you during the caution flag. Okay, thanks. That's Terry Labonte. We'll also be speaking with Ken Schrader in the Red Baron Pizza Ford. Silence is golden, especially when it comes to brakes. That's why Napa Silent Guard are built to be one of the smoothest and most quiet brakes on the market. Made with fiber-reinforced shims that eliminate noise for the life of the pad, rubber-coated hardware for a better fit, and quality design that meets and exceeds OE performance. Silent Guard brakes deliver the stopping power drivers demand. Available now at Napa locations nationwide. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. Field out of turn number four. They're about 300 feet from the start-finish line. Green flag is out, and the first Union 400 is underway. Jeff Bodine, good on the break, pulls away, gets a couple of car lengths on everyone else. Tim Richmond tucks in behind him. Petty tries to get underneath Richmond off turn number two there in the backstretch. It's Terry Labonte who gets shunted to the outside. He's going to have to hustle to hang on to fourth spot. He's still outside as Earnhardt goes beneath him to grab fourth place away. Bodine leads him off four. Cars in the outside lane moved well. Labonte lost a spot or two and further back in the pack. Here comes Richard for second spot. And he's got it using the low side of the racetrack as hundreds of green balloons fly overhead, signifying the start of the event. Bodine is out by three car lanes. There's no doubt who the sentimental favorite is here this afternoon for this crowd. It will be Richard Petty. But right now he's dropping behind some three or four car lanes. Earnhardt hangs on to third. Ruttman's still up there in fourth. Fifth is Tim Richmond, and he is skidding going off turn number two. He's going to lose a spot or two. He has Neil Bonnet going beneath him to take over fifth. Kyle Petty will come beneath Tim Richmond to grab sixth. Tim is 
now seven. Flobanti goes eighth, and it's Allison and Waltrip for ninth. Well, Bodine has broken his jinx in the last couple of weeks as pole sitter. Now he has led the first couple of laps of this race. Sheet metal damage on the right front corner of Richard Petty's car. It happened on the first lap, but from here, it doesn't look to be rubbing against the tire. Eli? He comes past us now, and there does not seem to be anything but cosmetic damage, Mike, as you call it, and he's trying to close on Bodine. Rutman is a car on the move. He gets underneath Dale Earnhardt. That's a day's work right there, and Rutman moves into third spot. Earnhardt slips back to fourth. They work back into turn number two and off the corner. Neil Bonnet is fifth. Kyle Petty rides sixth. The battle is at seventh spot. And it's still side-by-side with Waltrip working outside of Tim Richmond. Tim has the preferred groove, but it's Waltrip off the high side taking the spot from Richmond, and now Tim has Levante to contend with. Well, Waltrip's the man on the move. He started tenth. He's now running in seventh as Levante's Oldsmobile comes up on the outside of the Folgers Chevrolet, and Levante wants the eighth spot. he have a hard time getting it. He's shunted it again to the outside. Richmond still covering the inside groove. They go uphill here towards turn three, but Levante using that outside groove grabs the position from Richmond. And Richard Petty is reeling in the leader as they work back into turns one to two. Petty's cut it down now to about three or four car lengths as they work out of the corner, and Rutman is also chasing down the leader. Joe's in third spot running strongly. 29th and 30th still the same. Willie T. Ribs in 29th. 30th is Rick Baldwin. You wouldn't know from the results sheet, but Rutman's car has really been working these last couple of weeks. He had an outstanding run at Darlington, was second for a good part of the day, though they failed to finish the event. And now he's in third and trying to track down the leaders out of two. And he's some four and a half to five car lanes behind Richard Petty in third spot. Then it's nearly three quarters of a second. Back to fourth place, Dale Earnhardt in fifth spot, Neil Bonnet. Boy, it's a hornet's nest back from 12th spot on to Ricky Rudd and Bill Elliott been hammering on each other a little bit as they work out of the corner and back into the front straightaway. Rusty Wallace is part of that battle, and so is Jody Ridley. They're back in one. Another battle behind them. Harry Gant holding off Bobby Hillen Jr. Bobby is able to draw near to Harry on the straightaways, but Hillen's Miller American Buick not working equally as well in the corners. Further ahead of those two, Bill Elliott now inside of Rusty Wallace. That is back for 13th position, and it looks like Wallace, the Bristol race winner, will get the spot. They go side-by-side side in front of him as Bobby Allison moves past the ailing Tim Richmond. So that battle now coming off turn two, heading up the backstretch. Allison outgunning Richmond to turn number three. So Bobby wins that battle, and behind Tim Richmond, Schrader and Rudd, a couple of Fords battling. And this crowd is cheering Richard Petty on as the STP Pontiac is reeling in. Jeff Bodine in the back straightaway at Eli Gold. He's chopped it down to le- oh, just about a car length. If that much at this point, he really has closed in nicely. He's within a half car length. Up further, we've got Waltrip and Kyle Petty in a good side-by-side battle, which now Waltrip wins. Waltrip hangs on to that spot. The action is back at about 11th or 12th position. Richmond continues to backslide through the field. He started third, and he's now running just out of the top ten as Ricky Rudd puts his forward around Richmond. Richmond's loose in turn two. But he tries to gather it back in. Does on the both side of the racetrack. A good bit of Driving also by Kenny Schrader, who took evasive action to the inside, extreme inside, to get by. And now Schrader battles Wallace. Ned Richmond's got the worst problem you can have. If you can't get off the corners, if the car will not come up off the corner here, you're just going to go backwards. But the absolute key to getting around this racetrack is having a good handling race guard. One, as you say, that gets the traction coming off of the turns, and his is not doing that right now. That's a frustrating situation. Jerry Punch, Harry Hyde was holding the pit board for Tim Richmond a moment ago. He's still holding the pit board, Mike Hyde and the focus for standing at the very far end of pit road down toward turn one, and they see Richmond come into turn one. The car gets awfully loose, slides up high as Ron Bouchard moves beneath him, but Harry Hyde and the focus crew ready to bring Richmond in if the tire should go down or he has any other problem. 
Neil Bottas just moved into fourth spot as he gets under Dale Earnhardt, and Earnhardt's car is not working well at this stage of the race either. Richard Childress told us yesterday he's never been able to come up with the right combination as Petty is working on Bodine for the lead in turn three. Richard had an inside move coming uphill on the back straightaway. He gets inside of the Levi Garrett Chevrolet in turn four. They slam together out of turn number four. Petty on the inside. It's a drag race to the line. Bodine wins it by a foot. They are dead even going into turn number one. Petty has the inside groove. That's the advantage out of two. And that's how Richard Petty comes uphill on the back stretch again. But Bodine showing some good horsepower. Pulls even on the outside groove. But as Jeff goes a bit higher in the 12-degree banking in the corner, Petty leads. This is what the fans came to see. Bodine comes charging back to the inside, trying to get a position on Richard Petty going into turn number one. But Petty is strong in the early going here this afternoon. He pulls him off the corner, half a car length. And that's going to stabilize as for the moment the two lead cars and those right behind them will start thinking about more race traffic as the tail end of the pack now within shouting distance of the leaders. One of the nation's best short trackers, Jody Ridley, goes around Ken Schrader at turn number three. Harry Gant had a look on the inside, but it's not going to get him too far. Gant, though he usually runs up front of the short tracks, wasn't phased by having to start toward the back here. He started, I think, about 11th or 12th here last year. Uh, we've never really been up real close to the front of them, you know, but a time or two we've been in the top five, but most of the time we've been around ninth and back. So uh, it's, it's okay if you just stay out of trouble early. Hard road to go, though, Barney, when you have to start midfield like that. Well, you can't play catch up here all day because you'll really be in trouble. Again, Richard Petty is the leader here at the North Wilkesboro Speedway. He's in the back straightaway and already they're about to catch the tail end of the field. They'll start lapping cars. Next turn around, Jeff Bonide is right on his bumper as they come out of the corner. Good run for Joe Rutman, as you pointed out. He's running well with the leaders also. He currently is third, and those three cars are tied together, while the, the fourth and fifth place cars will be Neil Bonnet and Dale Earnhardt. Tim Richmond continues to fall back in the pack. Let's get a report on that. I'm standing with Harry Hyde, the crew chief. Harry, what's the problem with Tim's car? He's dropping back a little bit. I don't know. Uh, I'm thinking we got a slow leak in that right rear tire. There's something wrong with the right rear, but right now we don't know what it is. That's Harry Hyde, the crew chief on the Folger Chevrolet. They're watching Richmond. He continues to get slower and slower and awfully loose out here in turns one and two. Richard Petty's lost the lead. Jeff Bodine snuck underneath him. Joe Rutland followed suit, so it's now Chevrolet, Buick, and Pontiac as they come off turn four with Petty slipping to third. Richard has dropped back to third position. Back and forth is Neil Bonnet. He's continuing to creep up a little bit. Fifth is Dale Earnhardt. It's a ways back to Darrell Waltrip, the sixth-place car, but Waltrip is one of those patient drivers. He's in no hurry. He's won eight times here at North Wilkesboro. He knows he has all day to get it done, and for the moment, he's just content where he is. They're up in front of Eli Gold. The lead cars had some trouble getting by race traffic a bit earlier as well, but they finally took their time as the lead cars went outside and the slower cars to the inside groove. Jody Ridley now passing us. He, Bobby Hill, and Jr., Bill Elliott, and earlier the Ken Schrader car putting on quite a battle. Barney looks like the pit. His chassis is getting a little bit loose on his STP Pontiac. He's not running as good down low as he was early in the race when he took the lead. We've seen some other cars like Neil Bonney. His car was awfully tight at the beginning. He dropped back a little bit, but now that They've got those tires heated up a little bit. It's working for him, so he's rung the leaders down. Here's Neil Bonnet putting a challenge on Richard Petty as they move to turn three. But Neil runs up on the slower car of Chet Phillip in the inside groove, so they'll have to follow Petty through three and four. Petty tiptoeing around. Report from his pit. The left rear tire may be going soft on the STP Pontiac. Jerry Punt will check that out, but right now he's near the Rusty Wallace pit as Rusty makes his stop. Jerry? They're changing left side tires on the Alugard Pontiac. Jimmy Maycar, Barry Dotson, and Harold Elliott and the crew, the Alugard crew, had left our tire change down in the waist. 12 and 8, 10 seconds. Good pit stop for the car number, the Alugard Pontiac. 
Rusty is one of the better short track drivers, winning at Bristol, Tennessee a couple of weeks ago, as Neil Bonnet seems to be one of the faster cars on the speedway right now, as he has dispensed with Richard Petty and put himself up into third spot, now sets his sight on Joe Rutman as they work back to three. Those cars at this moment are separated by one, two, 3.12 seconds between Rutman and that Neil Bonnet parade. Here comes Ron Bouchard up on the outside of Bill Elliott coming out of turn two. That's a battle for position just out of the top ten, back about 12th to 13th position. Elliott working under Ron Bouchard, can't gain any ground that way, and Bouchard will hold the spot off turn number four. Back down to the start-finish line. Rutman having one of his better runs again here on a short track. He's been a little frustrated on some of the short tracks over the season. He's been able to hang right at the front of the pack. He's just about three car lengths behind leader Jeff Bodine. As Bodine works on J.D. McDuffie and Eli, he's going to have to pick his way through a whole passel of traffic shortly. He'll have about nine or ten cars to contend with within the next few laps. And at the same time, Neil Bonnet has drawn to within 2.22 seconds, cutting off nearly a full second now on Rutman. There was activity in the petty pit a moment ago. Let's see if Jerry Putz can get a word with crew chief Dale Inman. Well, I just spoke to Dale minutes ago. He's talking with Richard right now. They've been talking his laps. Richard's been running about 21.85. The last two laps, he's been well over 22 seconds, 22.10 and 22.12. He asked Richard if he thought he had a tire going down. Richard said no, but the car is awfully loose. I can hardly drive it. They may have to bring him in and try to take a look and see if one of those tires may be leaking down. Darrell Waltrip and Bobby Allison have been bending a little sheet metal here together off the corner, up in four, last two or three turns around. As they work back into turn number one, Allison will scoot up underneath him as Richard Petty again continues to slide back a little bit as Kyle just ducked underneath him and takes it down the back stretch. He's also about to get passed now by Ricky Rudd. Ricky takes the inside groove, and Richard, either willingly or otherwise, gives him all the room he needed on the inside. That'll drop Richard back to about the ninth position in the field. Outdoor care to home and auto repair. Do it with Craftsman. Find the tools, equipment, and storage you need at your local Lowe's, Ace Hardware, or Craftsman.com. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy four tires to Noco Racing Fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's back here for Ryan Blaney. Four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. Quickly, let's go to the pits and Jerry Punch. That Irene Barney, they were changing four tires on the, on the leader. That's Jeff Bodine's Levi Garrett Chevrolet. They had a little bit of a problem with the left rear tire. Bodine was actually the first car down pit road. He was followed by Earnhardt. Yet Earnhardt's Wrangler crew beat him out. They had a problem on the Bodine pit stop, and the left rear tire, a couple of lugs fell off. No problem really under caution. They got the tires changed and got him back out. He just lost a little bit of time in the pits. Most of the cars down here, Richard Petty, Rusty Wallace, Tim Richmond, everyone, uh, Dave Marcus, and Morgan Shepard, all changing four tires. Pace car about to dive in behind the pit wall, and they'll turn him loose out of turn number four. Richard Petty's up on that front row down to the inside. He is a lap down. So is Rusty Wallace. He may try to race Earnhardt to the corner and get it back, but it will do no good as they drop the green. Dale gets up through that transmission in a hurry and pulls away from the whole field. Allison is trying to stay with him. He's on the outside of Richard Petty as they work up the back straight. And coming off turn two, Bobby Allison already three car lanes behind Dale Earnhardt. At the same time, Darrell Waltrip, Ricky Rudd, Neil Bonnet all getting shuffled in behind the 
those cars that were hoping to get a lap back. Addison fighting along on the outside. He's opposite Rusty Wallace. They come off the corner three wide, uh, putting Rick Baldwin in the sandwich there. Addison still having to battle Rusty Wallace off, too. Bobby's on the outside groove. He'll accelerate past the alley guard. Pontiac going up into turn three, but Rusty clings to that inside groove and comes right back at Bobby. And Earnhardt's going to try and take up where he left off at Darlington last week when he dusted the field down there, but Richard Petty drops back another car link. He's trying to get his lap back a moment ago, and Petty just can't seem to run with him at the moment. Meanwhile, the second-place car has his hands full. Darrell Waltrip goes underneath Bobby Allison. And Darrell's got the position going into turn number three. Allison works hard to get back in line ahead of Ricky Rudd and Neil Bonnet. Allison's car is pushing a little bit right now, Barney. After they run a while in the green, he'll get to going again. But right now, it's a little bit too tight for him. He can't get on the gas as early in the turns as he needs to. They did make a major chassis adjustment on Darrell Waltrip's car, and that seemed to have helped him. And, Barney, they held the Ron Bouchard Valvoline Pontiac in the pits for one lap. Actually held it two laps uh, at the end of that caution period. They say Bouchard passed the leader, Jeff Bodine, on the back straightaway when the caution came out. They brought him in and held him one lap in the pole. One car is in the world, in the wall, Trevor Boys, the Finky-sponsored machine. We heard a pop as though a tire went down. It threw the car into the wall in turn four. He caroms across the track and is now stopped at the entrance to pit road. As they race back to the start-finish line, there really won't be any battle for position as the cars tuck in single file under this yellow flag and take it back into turn number one. Trevor Boy's car bounces off the wall and is now stopped at the entrance of pit road. Let's go back to Eli Gold in turn three. Again, Trevor was coming between three and four. The car was already in a higher groove. We then heard a pop, which normally indicates that a tire went down. The right front exploded as he went into the wall. And as you say, caroms to a stop at this head of the pit road area. There will be no caution. The NASCAR officials will move the record of the head end of pit road, pick up that car and remove it. There is a lot of room to get around Trevor Boy's car if someone had to pit. But the conversation on the NASCAR officials' radio is such that if they dropped the caution, everybody would rush for pit road, and they'd likely have a bigger mess than they have right now. So since Trevor Boy's car is off the racetrack, wise decision, leave the field under green, and we'll stay racing here at North Wilkesboro. Dale Earnhardt is a leader. He has 2.6 seconds over Joe Rutman right now as he works out of the corner, just about a little better than a straightaway length on him. Walter has slid back to the third spot. Bobby Allison still rides fourth. Ricky Rudd is a fifth-place car. Then it's Neil Bonham as they work out of the corner. And Earnhardt is really getting it done here this afternoon. They put a special effort into coming here and running well because he told us the other day not only did he feel like they have to beat both the Budweiser cars but just about seven or eight other cars that have suddenly gotten it together on the short track. Yesterday, he seemed to be running the best car in the field, and I asked him about that. Well, not really. I've, I'm running good, but... Uh... You know, I've not uh, seen any, you know, big pickup, big pickup or over, you know, anything different than this time. But the car's consistent. I went out and ran about uh, 15, 20 laps uh, out there while I go practicing, and the car was real consistent. So I feel like we have a good day, to, you know, on Sunday. He's having a good day right now, but he knows the day is far from being over. They'll be coming up on 100 laps. In fact, they already have. We've just passed the 100-lap mark here at North Wilkesboro. Good battle for ninth spot. Just decided in favor of Bill Elliott as he worked underneath the Piedmont Oldsmobile of Terry Labonte. There are 12 cars on the lead lap at 100 laps. Earnhardt is the race leader. Darrell Waltrip is second. Bobby Allison right. Uh, check that. Joe Rutman is now the second-place car. Waltrip is third. Bobby Allison is the fourth-place machine. Ricky Rudd has the first four in the field. He's fifth. In the sixth spot is now Neil Bonnet. In seventh would be Harry Gantz Automobile. In eighth is Jeff Bodine. Ninth is Kyle Petty. Tenth now would be Elliott. Eleventh is Terry Labonte. And in the twelfth spot, that would be Bobby Hillen. He's the last car on the lead lap. One lap down. Richard Petty is 13th, 14th. 
is going to be Rusty Wallace. In 15th, Jody Ridley. 16th is Doug Hevron. 17th, Morgan Shepard. 18th, Dave Marcus. And 19th, Ken Schrader. Two laps off the pace are Tim Richmond, Ron Bouchard, Alan Kulwicki, Chet Phillip, J.D. McDuffie, Mike Waltrip, and Jimmy Means. And three laps back come Rick Baldwin, the rookie driver, or the driver from Texas, and Willie Ribs is also three laps down. He's in the 28th position. going to be a good tussle coming up here in just a minute for third spot on back as that traffic is all getting bunched up, going out of turn number two and heading up to Eli Gold. They are sorting themselves out, going towards turn number three. I was just watching 18th and 19th. Dave Marcus and Kenny Schrader had been together and then they were apart, and now Schrader closes again to within three car lanes of the Helen Ray Special. We'll keep you updated on that also. Judy Donlevy said yesterday that Kenny Schrader should have a good run here today. He had a good feel for a uh, short track, uh, and especially for North Wilkesboro, and uh, he's getting around real good, and he seems to be real consistent, so we're looking for a good finish this week. Schrader's a good race driver, good smooth race driver. He knows it's going to take him a year or two to, to get the experience he needs to get up and run up front and maybe win a race, but he says he learns something every time he goes out there. He's a pretty heady race driver. He is. Not much of a golfer, Barney. We found uh, it down at your place yesterday, but no, he is a good race driver, and he gets a lot out of that car. Add Buddy Arrington to your rundown. He's running right behind Alan Kulwicki. He's in the 23rd position. There are three Fords right in a row there. The panel knitting uh, Ford out of Martinsville, Virginia. He is also with those cars that are two laps down. Only one car out of the race. The car that brought out the first caution of the day around lap 75. That's Trevor. Or he did not bring out the caution. Check that. He crashed on lap number 85. That's Trevor Boys, the Canadian driver, who was the last car to qualify yesterday and just snuck into the field for D.K. Ulrich. But they have substantial damage to the right front of that car, and it doesn't look like he'll get back in the race. Earnhardt takes his car around rookie driver Chet Phillip down in turn number one, moves underneath J.D. McDuffie as the interval now between first and second back to Joe Ruttman is about a second there in front of Eli Gold. You can really appreciate as the cars come at you off turn number two, you can see who gets a good set off the corner and which cars are wobbling just a little bit and that's basically the difference so far between the front runners and those who are scuffling along middle of the pack. Well, Harry Gant kind of hit the nail on the head when he talked yesterday and said that you need to really catch the right setup for this racetrack early on in the day or you're going to be left behind. Yeah, pretty much so. You need to have a dial in over by the first stop. If you don't, you're not going to win the race. Well, that's pretty much the truth. The fellows that are well back in the pack are already lapped. As we say, only 12 cars are on the lead lap, and we're just 110 laps into the race. Yeah, this is the kind of racetrack, I guess, over the years it always has been. It seems like in the early going, somebody will get it hooked up and maybe lap the field or whatever, but that doesn't really mean that much because you see even the man like that will make three or four adjustments on pit stops all day long, and then in the final 100 laps, it seems like if there's a caution flag comes out or if it's a green flag stop, somebody will just hit on the right combination those final few laps and just kind of pull away from everybody. And, Barton, you don't have to make uh, major adjustments to the chassis. Just a fine adjustment can make a big difference in a tenth or two-tenths of a second getting around the track. And the track changes during the race, too. Of course, they've always got a little rubber and water and grease and oil down on the track. So that, of course, will make it a little bit slicker. Those that have their cars dialed in for the latter part of the race are usually the ones that prevail. I don't think it'll change as much here this afternoon as it has sometime in the past and as much as many of them anticipated because the temperature was supposed to be in the high 70s or perhaps 80 degrees here today, but it's not going to reach that and it's overcast, so it should uh, stay a little closer to what it was at the beginning of the race than it would have been if the sun had been shining down on it all afternoon. Well, the track should remain a little bit more consistent with the fact that it is overcast. That might be one of the factors in the latter part of the race that we won't have to see as many adjustments. The differential now between first and third position, that's where Darrell Walter runs, is in third is about four, almost five seconds. So Walter has slid back a little bit after that restart just a moment ago. 
The best race on the track is for 16th position. Eli's been following that one the last six laps. And it's side by side for six laps. That's Kenny Schrader and Dave Marcus who have gotten together again. At least for the moment, Marcus has the Helen Race special in front. But Schrader has the inside groove and they'll be side by side again for seven laps. Good battle as they come off turn number four. Marcus in the Chevrolet working the high side. And Ken Schrader, of course, in the Ford will get his comments on that battle during the next caution period with our in-car radio in the Jenny Don Levy car. Marcus has an interesting race team this year with that Helen Ray special. They have Chevrolets, Fords, and Pontiacs. And I kind of asked him if he was going in the car business or what the deal is. They've got one of just about every kind of car you can run on this circuit. Well, Mike... When the Ford came into the picture, I really wasn't with the Helen Ray people. And Phil Bartow talked to me last fall and said, Dave, what kind of car can I get that I can qualify with a little easier and be a little more comfortable? I said, Phil, at this time, it looks like the Ford is the way to go because it has a sloped rear window, and Elliot's car always looks very comfortable, even at the high speeds, which at last year he was better than the rest of us. So I suggested to him that he get himself a Ford. So that's really where the Ford came from. He called Mike Laughlin up and had a Ford built. Then they ended up getting together with me for the 86 season. And, of course, they had two Chevrolets, and I had three. And it looked early in the year like the Pontiacs were going to be the way to go. So Phil decided maybe we should build a couple of Pontiacs. So they had Laughlin build a couple of Pontiacs, and I kept my Chevrolets. So here we are into the 86 season. I own Chevrolets. They own Pontiacs and Fords. And we've even got a spare Oldsmobile that we got sitting in the shop from last year. We're going to try it all before the season's over, Barney. That's the only way to go. Fans are about to get on their feet here in another lap or so around. If Joe Rutman has chased down leader Dale Earnhardt, he's been within a half a car length of him the last four or five times around as they catch that 15th and 16th place battle going off turn number two. Earnhardt's going to be pinned in behind Dave Marcus for the moment, and Joe Rutman inches up a little bit closer. They're back in three. They'll go around the Red Baron pizza machine of Kenny Schrader and put him down a lap there as now Marcus will lead those two cars off the corner. Marcus stays to the high side. Earnhardt's going to have to try him low, and this time kind of feels them out going into turn number one and now Earnhardt drops to the low side and they'll put the Helen Ray special one lap down out of turn two. Rutman has been strong particularly going uphill into turn number three. That's where he's made up a trouble in turn two. Tim Richmond is around. He spun coming into the corner almost put the right side of his car into the rear bumper of Mike Walters' machine just ahead of him. But the Folgers car now rights itself and heads down the back straightaway. A one car spin by Tim Richmond brings out the second caution of the day at lap one 120 here at the North Wilkesboro Speedway going around in turn number two and of course everybody will head for pit road once again for service well Rutman had caught Earnhardt and maybe Dale was listening when we were kidding him yesterday we told him we were all mad at him because of Darlington he ran off and left everybody and didn't leave us a whole lot to talk about we'll get his comments a little later on but first let's cover this round of pit stops no surprise everybody coming in and I think they'll all take on four tires again Mike as they did earlier because new tires here really make a big difference in how the car handles here's Ricky Rudd Motorcraft Ford right in front of us Earnhardt went on further down pit road Harry again Bobby Allison Bill Elliott Neil Vines they're waiting for Darrell Walter to come in he might have stayed out there no he's in the pits and uh, Joe Rutman so everybody changing four tires the only top cars that didn't come in, Jeff Bodine is still out there, and so is the Piedmont Airlines machine of Terry Labonte. Let's go to Jerry Punch. Dale Earnhardt gets the four-tire change, the Wrangler Chevrolet, the first car down pit road. Here comes Morgan Shepard's car, Neil Bonnet, the Budweiser Chevrolet, Doug Hedron back out, the Motorcraft Ford, Ricky Rudd. Now four tires for the Alugard car for Rusty Wallace. Most of the cars getting four tires in Ireland as well. Here's Jeff Bodine, the Levi Garrett Chevrolet coming in. He will 
get a right side tire and probably left side tire changes well. He has some blue paint on the left side of the car and the left rear wheel is marked up pretty bad like he may have gotten into one of the other cars in the corner. The Bodine will get four tires as will Dave Marcus and the Helen Ray Chevrolet. Well, they will penalize Marcus. He had gone, he was running just a lap down. We recounted that Earnhardt had lapped him just prior to the caution flag. When Earnhardt went to pit road, Marcus picked up speed, came all the way around. The pace car did not pick him up. So they'll hold Marcus a lap for the lap that he took from the field, and then they will hold him another lap as a penalty. So tough break for Dave Marcus as we're under the second caution of the day here in the first Union 400. We're set to go back to green flag racing as Harold Kinder has the green flag in hand and drops it on the field. Earnhardt gets the jump out of turn number four. Richard Petty on the inside cannot get his lap back as Earnhardt is trigger fast on the restart. Second place car now working the outside is Ricky Rudd out of turn two. Ricky works to the outside of one of the lapped automobiles. That's Rusty Wallace. Then you've got Wallace in line followed by the third place runner Waltrip as Richard Petty is hard on the binders and smoke comes out from the right front. Joe Rutman is the fourth place car back there. Bobby Allison is fifth, sixth is Harry Gant. Seventh will be Kyle Petty as they work back into the corner and we see more smoke coming out from under Richard Petty's STP machine as he goes through turns one and two and heads back to three. So we'll take another look. Richard really dro drove deeply into the corner last time and that is not, I don't believe, uh, tire or brake smoke as we expected uh, the last time by. That looks like the exhaust pipe and so that sounds like engine trouble for Richard Petty. He is off the pace coming into turn one and Jerry Funts will be down near the Petty pits. A lot of smoke out of Petty's car at turn number two. So Richard now well off the pace to the inside groove as it's Ricky Rudd who has finally worked free of traffic as has Waltrip and Rutman. They'll try and chase down Earnhardt. Got to be some good scrambling for that second spot right now as it's tightening up back there. Currently, Ricky Rudd holds onto it. Waltrip right behind him and Rutman is closing in on Darrell for the third spot. And then behind him is Bobby Allison trying to get around Rusty Wallace as they string out in the back stretch. Rutman still working awfully strongly as he makes the quick B line to the inside groove at the head of the back straightaway and he tightens it up in fourth. Bodine leads the hard charger awards at 100 laps ahead of Rutman, Earnhardt, Allison, and Richard Petty. But Petty is going to be headed for pit road this time and perhaps behind the wall for the day. Earnhardt's the race leader. Rudd is second. Waltrip is third. Rutman is fourth. Bobby Allison is fifth. Harry Gant, Kyle Petty, and Bill Elliott. From the North Wilkesboro Speedway, this is MRN, the Motor Racing Network. Caution is out again for a three-car incident in turn number two. Willie Ribs, Rick Baldwin, and Buddy Arrington get together. All three cars spinning. And so caution is out for the third time today. Let's go to the Richard Petty pits. Well, Richard Petty is still sitting in the STP Pontiac trying to get his helmet off. And uh, Richard, if you can hear me, uh, if you can hear me, Richard, uh, what happened out there? What happened to the car, Richard? Man, I don't know. Just uh, started smoking that, right, you know, right after that restart and uh, lost fire. So I don't know what to do. Like you were having a pretty good run out there. The car was running awfully well early on. Well, it ran real good. You know, I, how luck would have it, cut a tire down, you know, and got a lap down and was trying to make our lap up. But, uh, you know, we, we run real good. We just uh, got behind. Well, they said the oil temperature was 250 degrees, the water temperature 240, and began to smoke, and that's all over for today for the STP Pontiac. There's no question that Richard is terribly disappointed here this afternoon because they felt like they had a legitimate chance to come here and win a race. It's been his track over the years, but he's not won here in a long, long time. And he's trying so hard not to let it show, but you can hear it. I right, put a smile on a lot of faces here Friday, Barney, qualifying as the fastest qualifier, and a lot of people were pulling for him to win the poll. Uh, Jeff Bodine included secretly, although Bodine ended up on the pole position. You heard Jeff's comments earlier. 
and it's a shame that such a fine performance will be rewarded with only a 29th place finish. In one more lap, we'll be racing here at North Wilkesboro, and Eli Gold is Willie Ribb's car, heads toward you up in turn number three. It looks like he got the worst of that fracas at turn two. It really does. His was the last car to pull away, although they did all pull away under their own power. The right side of the red roof ends. Number 30 is all scarred and scuffed up, so he'll be coming past us now. He'll fall back onto the pit road for more service from that Henley Gray and the Dygard crew. A lot of hand signals out of Darrell Waltrip's car to the Junior Johnson pits as he came by that time as Waltrip tucks in and gets ready for the restart. The leader is Dale Earnhardt. Ricky Rudd rides second. Joe Rutman is right up there in third position. Then it's Darrell fourth. Fifth is Bobby Allison. Gant is a sixth-place car. Kyle rides seventh. Elliott will be in eighth position as they line up for a double-file restart over in turn three. Rusty Wallace this time will be leaving that inside groove with Tim Richmond and Jody Ridley right behind trying to get one of their, or get their lap back. They're all one lap in arrears to Earnhardt. The field passing us now. They rev it up and get set for the restart. Rick Baldwin's car has gone behind the wall as Earnhardt gets the green flag and again he is fast down the front straightaway but so too is Rusty Wallace. Wallace the only car in the race that is one lap down. Swaps fenders with Earnhardt as they come off a two. And Rusty still holds an inside groove. Uphill they come to turn number three and side by side it is. Earnhardt the race leader to the outside. Rusty Wallace wants a lap back on the inside. They scramble again coming out of the corner. Tagged together and Rusty's not coming out of the throttle. Neither is Dale Earnhardt. They go door to door, back in the turn, and again they get together. As Rusty gets sideways, he may spin it out. That's exactly what he does going off the corner. Comes down on the apron of the racetrack as the whole field has to slow to get by on the outside. It'll be a single car spin for Rusty Wallace. We'll stay green. We will stay under green. Wallace, Tim Richmond might have tapped him inadvertently as they came out of turn number two. Richmond had no place to go when Wallace got loose. He rides his car and pulls away. Earnhardt is the race leader. Ricky Rudd is second. Joe Rutman is third. Chevrolet, Ford, and Buick, the first three cars. Waltrip is fourth. Bobby Allison is fifth. Harry Gant has clawed his way up to the sixth spot this afternoon. Kyle Petty riding in seventh. Bill Elliott's the eighth place car. Ninth is Jeff Bodine. A late pit stop put Neil Bonnet back to the tenth spot. Terry Labonte is 11th, and Bobby Hillen is the 12th place car. Last car in the lead lap, Rusty Wallace is 13th. He is the only car that is one lap down. Field is back in three. And Bud Moore, welcome back to the racetrack with a good run by his motorcraft Ford. Ricky Rudd actually has really been running well the last few weeks. They've gotten that car going the way they want. Ricky hustles it off turn number four, tried to make a run at Earnhardt going into one. The car skittered a bit out toward the wall, and he came out of the throttle for a moment, but he goes back after Dale in the backstretch, and he's within a half a car length to getting to him. But Ricky also has to cover his rear flank because Joe Rutman is trying to counter move whatever Ricky Rutt does off turn four. Three cars come off, single file down the front straightaway once again. Kyle Petty having a good run here today, just slipped underneath Ron Bouchard to move up a spot in line as Rutman's try for second spot is to no avail. Kyle started his career on the super speedways and has had to learn to be a short track driver. He took another step in that direction at Martinsville in March when he ran Randy Hope's car there in the Miller Time 500 Sportsman race and as Dale Earnhardt chided him. Kyle ran into just about everything except the inside pit wall, but Kyle said he learned a lot. Yeah, definitely had fun. You know, it was a type of race where you could go in relaxed and you didn't really have to worry about it. And hopefully I learned some stuff about the springs and how to set up the car. As good as that car drove up there, then uh, hopefully when we go back with, with my other car, then then we're going to be able to, to run as good. That's that's basically the, the whole deal behind running this, the Grand National car is to uh, go to some of these tracks and, and, and run some races just like this race at Darlington. Run before the big race so I know what condition the track's in. And maybe we can make some fine-tuning adjustments on our, on our Winston Cup car to get it right. We'll find out next week in a Martinsville, the Wood Brothers home track, and see how Kyle Petty does. 
front four right together coming out of turn number four as they work back into the turn. And then it seems strange that we are not seeing a dominant car here this afternoon, this being the home track of Junior Johnson over the years. And every time we came here, everybody felt like they had to be Junior's car, whether it was Kale or whether it was Barrow or whether it was Neal's when he came to the team a couple of years ago. But that's not the case anymore. I think the dominance of any one car on the short track or super speedway has gone and maybe forever. It very well could be, Barney, because there are more teams are putting emphasis on short track competition now because a win is a win. It doesn't matter if it's a 250-mile race or a 500-mile race. It goes down to the record book as a win. And also, there's just a couple points are the same on a short track as they are on the super speedway. So all of that adds up to the fact that they need to win as often as they can. And so many teams are putting forth that effort that it takes to get their cars dialed in. Battle going on for second spot as they work off turn number two and back up the three to Eli Gold. Joe Rutman has been trying Ricky Rudd outside, inside, all around the town, but with Chet Phillip and Tim Richmond's car on the inside groove, Joe sits tight. 145 laps complete here at the North Wilkesboro Speedway. Earnhardt leading Ricky Rudd. Rutman trying everything he can to get around him to no avail. Waltrip is fourth and Allison fifth. Gant is sixth. And Joe Rutman is really giving Dale Earnhardt a fit, trying to take the lead away. They're back in three. And Joe's trying again to the outside of Earnhardt here in turns three and four. Can't quite make the pass this time, but he's within a half car length. Rutman working around the outside of Tim Richmond. He's just bullied his Buick up toward the front of the field, and he's now running in second spot, a car length behind Dale Earnhardt. They're about to come up on lap traffic. They've got Tim Richmond on the inside groove, and they dispose of him. The Jimmy Means and Buddy Arrington, along with Willie T. Ribs cars now within shouting distance to the lead duo off four. Here's Earnhardt. He'll catch some traffic as they come out of the corner and head back down into turn number one. Again, it's Rutman dropping back a couple of car lengths. Right now, he's going to have to pick and choose if he makes a run on him, try to get underneath him out of the corner, but Jimmy Means' car will block that attempt to get around as they work back into three and he like go. They're coming up past the Jimmy Means machine. They're within three car lengths of Buddy Arrington, who will next be the man in traffic off the fourth corner. Rutman is trying to make believers out of folks on this tour. He says their team, are they ready to win a race? He's not quite sure, but he knows they're gaining on it. We're, we're, we're really optimistic about how the, how the thing's turning around and how we've been doing it. I think even from the start of the season, I've been optimistic, but it's just been a matter of, you know, putting all the little things together, and, and I think it's just going to be a matter of time that we're... Time is here. Here's Rutman underneath Earnhardt off turn number four. Buddy Arrington is there, and Earnhardt leaves just barely enough room for Rutman. Going into turn number one, Joe tries it again to the inside, and he gets up to the rear wheel of Earnhardt to no avail. That's your basic example of using traffic 101. Not what was right out of the textbook as Earnhardt used the Arrington car to keep Rutman at bay. And now Joe can't make the pass off four again. And again, the secret here at North Wilkesboro is surfacing, just as the drivers tell you. If you can come up, what they call, come up off the corner or just get off the corner with a car really getting a good bite, you can pull away and block any challenge that's going to be made on you. That's exactly what Earnhardt has been doing. They're back in three. They'll have about a half lap before they catch the Willie T. Ribs and Michael Waltrip machines. Rutman again looks inside. Nothing there. Mike Waltrip and Alan Kowicki are within sight of each other, battling to see who will be the highest finishing rookie of this race. They're just about 10 car lengths apart in their own private battle, but they're going to have to contend with the leaders in a moment. And the leaders now, again, breathing down right behind the Willie T. Ribs and Mike Waltrip cars. Earnhardt takes the inside groove. Joe, I don't think, would mind trying to pass on the outside. He just can't get the bite. Well, there's traffic all around as Willie T. Ribs really gets down out of Earnhardt's way this time. He must have looked up and said, uh-oh, as he sure ducked to the inside. Earnhardt just scoots around him, pulls through traffic and up to Mike Waltrip's car as they go off the corner, and Again, Rutman hangs with him. And that opening between the Mike Waltrip and Willie T cars stayed in time for Rutman also peek right through. 
Ruffin down the front straightaway. Now Richmond and Ricky Rudd having a little trouble in traffic. He's the third place car. Don't forget him or Darrell Waldrop who's fourth. Or Bobby Allison fifth. Harry Gant sixth. Seventh, Jeff Bodine. They're all within a straightaway of one another. Eighth now is Neil Bonnet. Bill Elliott hanging on in ninth. Kyle Petty is the tenth place car. Eleventh is Terry Labonte's automobile. Those are the cars on the lead lap. Uh, looking for Bobby Hillen. He was the 12th place car, was also on the lead lap, and remains in that position. So still 12 cars on the lead here. Lead lap at lap 160 as the leaders head for three. Bobby Hillen about a half lap at this moment down to the race leader. And again, the leaders are in traffic with Adam Kowicki and J.D. McDuffie to get by. One reason Earnhardt probably is running so well here is Richard Childers and the team came here and tested a bit, and they spent a lot of time out there practicing every time they opened the racetrack all weekend long here, trying different combinations, springs, sway bars, whatever it took, because he knew just how critical getting in and out of these corners would be. Well, that's true. You, you know, it's a real tough place to set up for the racetrack so different in both ends, and, uh, you know, you got to get the car where just you know, get in pretty comfortable, but not no special deal getting in. You just got to be able to turn and get back in the gas quick and come off that corner. I think that's what Daryl has beat so many people up here every year is he gets off that corner good. And he's running consistent even though he got be, you know, qualifying. Uh, he's going to be the one one of the cars to race, you know, in the race. You can't count him out, that's for sure. He's just biding his time. Ruckman takes a look on the inside out of turn number four. Earnhardt didn't give him any running room, kind of pinches him down to the bottom of the racetrack and holds him there as they go through one and two. And they'll lead him off the number two corner up the back sheet. The Buick of Joe Ruckman working awfully well, but so too the Chevrolet of Dale Earnhardt. Probably the best two handling cars on the racetrack, and it's showing now. I was kidding Earnhardt yesterday. I said, please don't run off and leave everybody like you did last week at Darlington. I mean, leave us something to talk about. I think you have to worry about it here at Wilsburg. <laughs> but if, if it's something happened that we would be running that good, we would uh, get out there and, you know, y'all just have to talk about something else, I reckon. <laughs> well, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. I believe he, he was right in his prediction because Rutman is really filling up his rearview mirror out of turn four. Joe again looks him over out of the corner, just can't seem to get a run on him down that front straightaway. And then this is a difficult place to, to put somebody in a position to pass unless you just catch him completely out of position, so to speak, going into the corner, get him a little high or something. It's almost impossible. Well, it is tough, and those cars seem pretty well equally matched right now, Barney, and it's awfully tough to pass a car that and Earnhardt's holding the groove awfully good. Good. I'll tell you, they're looking over the, the uh, first turn to the right of the first turn down here, and there's a dark cloud over there, and they think, well, they might be racing for the win in case some rain should move in here later. They were predicting some rain in the mountains of North Carolina late in the day, and so both of them are going to try to be at the front in case that happens, so that's one reason that they're racing as hard as they are. Well, in 30 laps, it'll be halfway here at North Wilkesboro as Rick Baldwin brings the Elmo Langley car, the Sunny King machine, back into the race. He was involved in that incident. 35 laps ago that brought out the third caution of the day with Willie Ribs and Buddy Arrington. Now all of those cars are still running or back into the race. The only car is out. Trevor Boys, who went out of the race early at lap 85 after he crashed into the turn four retaining wall. No caution on that one. And Richard Petty, who had engine trouble and dropped out of this race after starting on the outside pole. 170 laps complete. That battle up front is still a good one between Dale Earnhardt as he is the leader. Riding right behind him again, Joe Rutman and Mike Joy in about two more turns around. They're going to catch about the tail end of the field where there's about 15 cars are going to have to thread their way through. And they're going to catch some cars that are racing hard for position, including 12th place Bobby Hillen. It is sprinkling out here at the North Wilkesboro Speedway as Rutman tried to get on the outside and couldn't go anywhere. It is a light sprinkle, but NASCAR competition director Bill Gazaway has talked with all of his observers around the racetrack, and the report is that the racing tires, the 
the friction against the racetrack is keeping enough heat in the racetrack that the rain, although it is just a light sprinkle, is not causing any kind of a problem on the track, and we're going to stay under green despite a very, very light mist that's coming down right now. As long as that racetrack stays light gray, that the rain is not... It's evaporating just as soon as it hits the racetrack. The track is so warm from the heat of the tires, so we can stay green. Here comes Rutman off turn four. He's down to the inside. Smoke flies up between the two cars as they came off the corner. Earnhardt will hold him off as they get back into turn number one. Rutman took a good shot at him, but just couldn't stay up alongside. He drops back a half a car length as they thread their way around Chet Phillip and work back to three. And again, with Phillip occupying the inside groove, there was really no move for Rutman to make. Bobby Hillen really is starting to step on him. He wants to stay on that lead lap. Battle for third. Waltrip on the outside of Ricky Rudd. They are side-by-side side at the start-finish stripe. It's like everybody is smelling raindrops pending, and Waltrip goes for it out of turn number two. Darrell takes the outside groove. Ricky Rudd in that motorcraft Ford tried to come scuffling right back, but he has to settle in behind Waltrip. So it's Waltrip now third, Rudd fourth, Bobby Allison fifth, and they're tied together. And again, Joe Rutman has the strongest car coming off turn number four. He can get alongside of Earnhardt in the straightaway going into one, but Dale is a lot stronger getting into number one corner comes right down to the bottom of the racetrack and joe has to get out of the throttle it looks like it's going to be that way cat and mouse all afternoon up front as they work through turn three back into four in the straightaway and again they're going to catch a gaggle of cars working back into one here comes allison up alongside ricky rudd this will be the race for fourth spot and they're still scuffling there with waltrip the third place car just about 14 laps to go to the halfway side and there are three cars under a blanket racing for third they come back up the back straightaway waltrip has the edge rudd is still inside of bobby allison in their battle for fourth and fifth spot rudd has the preferred groove bobby can't keep the miller buick with him and the fans really don't know which battle to watch the one for the lead or the one for third fourth and fifth as they've been tangling lap after lap again here's earnhardt he's going to be caught behind buddy errington trouble wall trips around at turn number two as he spins in two rudd allison bodine and gant go past Waltrip has spun. He's not quite started the car, and caution is coming out. It's the fourth yellow of the day, and it comes out about lap 187 for Darrell Waltrip's spin at turn two. Waltrip has now come around the racetrack. He is back underway, and I'm not sure if he has lost a lap as a result of that spin. I don't think so. No, I don't think so either, Mike Joy. He, he got it right and hit it back around. Waltrip takes it back into turn number one. He'll stay on the speedway as the caution car has pulled out on the apron of the track. But we are under the fourth caution of the day. Again, Darrell Waltrip spinning going into turn number one. It's going to be a frustrating day for him here. He's been having to play catch up. He didn't get in the top eight in the first round of qualifying. And that hurts his pride and a lot of other things because they always want to do well here. It's just not been his week. Well, Barney, the leaders did not come into pit road. But Jeff Bodine and Neil Bonnet are coming down pit road. Waltrip stays out there. Of course, they were pretty far back in the field anyway. I think this is a good move on them. If Earnhardt would have come in, I suspect that Rutman would have, but since he did, Rutman had to stay out there. They're looking up at the sky right now. That's their strategy rather than needing to come in and put on four fresh tires as Neil Bonnet and I assume that Jeff Bodine's taking on four down in front of Jerry Punch. Darrell Waltrip stays on the lead lap. He did not lose a lap as a result of that spin at turn number two. Doug Havron's on pit road. He went around the where the safety car would have picked up the leader, so they're going to penalize him a lap as he is held in the Roger Hamby car, and Havron apparently will drive that car in all but about three races this year. 
We're back under green at North Wilkesboro Speedway. Dale Earnhardt leading the field around off turn number four to complete about lap 192. Tim Richmond tried to get one of his two laps back to no avail as they came off on the restart. It is like it was before. Earnhardt, Joe Rutman at the front of the field with Ricky Rudd. As they come off the corner, Richmond now works as the buffer car between Earnhardt and Rutman. So Joe would have to pass two cars to get to the head of the class instead of just the race leader. Earnhardt works his way off the corner as the fans cheer him on. Rutman has been up there a couple of times, hasn't been able to do anything with him. Ricky Rudd still hanging on to the number three position. Bobby Allison trying to put a little heat on Ricky as they work out of turn number four. Right behind Allison, Harry Gant. Harry's starting to rumble there in that Skull Bandit machine. He looked one way, then the other, but he can't make a move around Bobby Allison, who he hugs the inside groove. Good thing there's soft rubber bumpers on these Chevrolets. Coming off turn number four, last time by, Neil Bonnet got into the back of Jeff Bodine as Bodine had trouble with a slow car, and they banged together two or three times, kind of like those jabs Michael Spinks was throwing last night. Leaders to three. As they work up to the corner, it's still Earnhardt showing the way. Richmond, the lapped car, is behind him, then Rutman, then a lapped car, Rusty Wallace, Followed by Rudd in third. Getting close to the halfway mark as Dale Earnhardt has managed to hold off Joe Rutman there in the back straightaway. And he's got Rutman still pinned in behind the Tim Richmond guy. So from Earnhardt back to Rutman, probably four car lengths. Halfway side for Dale Earnhardt. It means the race will be official even if the rains do come and manage to snuff out the rest of it. But Earnhardt is at the head of the class out of turn two. So Earnhardt leads Rutman further behind. Ricky Rudd has now broken away from Bobby Allison by about three car lanes. So Rudd holds third. Allison is fourth. Bobby has three car lanes on Harry Gant, who in turn is tied in behind him by Wallace and Bodine. Dale Earnhardt really has it hooked up again here at North Wilkesboro, much the same as he did last weekend at Darlington, South Carolina. That has been, if there's been a dominant car in 1986, it would have had to have been Dale Earnhardt, although they've won only the one race. Trans-South 500 last weekend at Darlington. Had they not had some bad luck, Mike, they could have won at least three, possibly four. Well, starting right at Daytona when they ran out of gas with three laps to go. No, there's no question, Barney, that this is one team that as early as last fall started thinking 1986 championship. We're, you know, the season got over last year, and uh, we were sitting in New York and came home in New York and was... At the Christmas party for the team was talking championship, and we've been positive and, uh, and serious about that championship ever since. And I feel like we got a, a pretty good shot at it, if not the best shot we've had in a while. And if we can keep our nose clean and uh, run all year like we've started out here, I think we'll be a, have a good shot at the championship. They've been awful strong in the early going. And Richard Childress says that is one of their primary goals would be to win the championship. He says as long as we're running like we have been all season long and can come up with a consistent finish in the top 10 and be a contender the last few races. We feel like we can run Junior Johnson, Walter, Elliott, whoever's in contention for it. And the whole key to the thing they felt like would be a good short track program in 1986. Well, so far, they have that. Jeff Bodine has moved up a couple of notches, and he's about to chase down Bobby Allison as they come off turn number four. Bodine took the restart back in ninth position, and he has now climbed the ladder. He's running right behind Allison's car as they go into turn number one. So he is the fifth-place car gunning for fourth. And you've got to be impressed with Bodine's ride. He has shown some aggressiveness here since the most recent restart. He pulled his way up through traffic, and now he takes the inside groove, and between three and four bypasses Bobby Allison. He just drove it on in there that time, put it right down to the bottom of the race the car stuck for him and he takes the spot away from Bobby Allison. Give a call to both these drivers. Good runs in the recent weeks except, of course, the three straight poles for Jeff Bodine. They've just had terribly bad luck since Daytona winning the Daytona 500. They really want to get it turned around because it's got to be disgusting to have the fastest car in the field not even get a lap or two in. 
Morgan Shepard almost turned it around down in one and two right between the middle of the turns. He gets out of the throttle, saves the car. And good driving by Jimmy Means and Jody Ridley. Neither one made contact with Shepard as they each went around the car that all of a sudden slowed and stuttered in front of him. They've had uh, smoke from the rear end on the Morgan Shepard car, smell of rear end smoke. There might be a leak there, and that could be contributing to his problems. Darrell Waldrop just went underneath Bill Elliott to pick up a spot in the running order, running about half a lap behind the leaders. That's not customary for Waldrop here. Well, Mike, he made a late pit stop during that caution that as they were given the signal for one more lap to go before they'd get the green. That'll interrupt you because we're getting the caution, and apparently it is for the raindrops. Dale Earnhardt, the race leader, takes the caution flag, and this will be the fifth one of the day. It comes out on lap 205, and it is for the raindrops. Earnhardt, the leader, Rutman riding second, Rudd is third, Bodine had worked his way up to fourth, and fifth, Bobby Allison. Now let's go back to Ned. What I was about to say, he took on four tires, and he was the fastest car on the racetrack before this caution came out. He was gaining about two-tenths of a second a lap on Dale Earnhardt as he was coming through traffic. Of course, remember that he had on four fresh tires, and that certainly makes a big difference. Well, now, depending on how long this rain lasts, we'll note nobody is going to pit road, at least none of the lead cars to kind of avert the Dave Marcus situation of Richmond of a couple of years ago when all the leaders pitted and Marcus stayed out and ended up winning the race because it kept raining, they couldn't get it restarted. Some of the front runners are on pit road, though. And Darrell Waltrip is one of them. They make a chassis adjustment. They're changing the right side tires. The Piedmont Airlines car of Terry Labonte is in. So is Bill Elliott in the Coors Ford and Kyle Petty in the 7-11 Ford. They were all running back in those, what, from about 6th through ninth position or 6th through 10th. And so they said, we don't have a whole lot to lose. Let's go ahead and get these tires on when this race is restarted we'll be in good shape perhaps we can get a word in Darrell Waltrip's pits with some of the maybe Jeff Hammond or perhaps Junior Johnson as to what happened over there a minute ago Ned that put him uh, made, made him turn the car around between one and two Waltrip is back on the racetrack so is Terry Labonte and Bill Elliott comes back out of the speedway here is Tim Richmond bringing the Folgers coffee car into the pits Rusty Wallace will pit the Algugard car as Dale Earnhardt will continue to stay out there in the Wrangler machine Quaker State car of Joe Rutman he's been consistent here all afternoon he's been no further back than fourth or fifth and every time there he's been able to work his way right back up on the leader they're going to keep the cars on the racetrack, Barney, keep as much heat in the race surface as possible, at least for a while that we see what this uh, rain situation does, whether it's just a scattered shower or whether it's going to move in. So we are under the caution, still running here at North Wilkesboro Speedway. We're under the fifth yellow of the day at lap 205. Today's broadcast of the First Union 400 is brought to you under exclusive radio rights granted by North Wilkesboro Speedway to Motor Racing Network solely for the private, non-commercial use of our listening audience. Any publication, reproduction, or other use of the description and accounts of this race without the expressed written consent of NASCAR and MRN is prohibited. NASCAR officials are checking out with their safety cars the condition of the racetrack uh, from the seat of the Pontiac Pace car. Let's try to get a word with the driver of the Red Baron Pizza Ford, Ken Schrader. Ken, this is MRN. Can you copy us down there in the Junie Donlevy car? We'll try to get word with uh, Kenny. Let's try Kenny again. Ken Schrader, can you read us here in the tower? Yeah, we got a good copy, aren't you? Okay, how's your windshield looking uh, after this little bit of a brief sprinkle? Well, I'll tell you what, it was getting pretty hard to see through this thing about the last 40 laps. Uh, the track was getting pretty slick, but as long as we were running fast, it wasn't all that bad. We were talking early on in the race at about the 100-lap mark. You and Dave Marcus had quite a battle going on for about seven or eight laps side by side there. I lost you there. Can you repeat that? Say that you and Dave Marcus had quite a battle going there in the early going. You were side by side for about seven or eight laps. Well, it seems like no matter what trace track we're at, Dave and I always wind up side by side. We usually trade paint just a little bit, but uh, we got through that little skirmish pretty good. 
Well, get, wish you good luck the rest of the day, and hopefully we'll talk to you during another caution period and maybe ask you about your golf game. <laughs> I don't think he wants to talk about that. <laughs> His wife played a lot better than he did yesterday. Probably shouldn't say that on the radio, but uh, he won't be embarrassed. Yeah, she's a good golfer. We yep. said a moment ago we we're going to check in with Ned and maybe try to find out what happened on Daryl Spin over there. Let's see if he has a report. Well, we're standing by with Jeff Hammond, the crew chief on the Budweiser Chevrolet. What happened when Daryl spun over there, Jeff, did he say? Well, just, we were just talking about that just a minute ago with Doug Williamson, uh, Bud Moore's crew. The track had gotten to the point then it was a little bit risky to be racing on, and uh, Ricky came in there, and Daryl got a little sideways to it about the same time, and they got together. You know, it wasn't nobody's fault, more weather conditions than anything else, and, uh, you know, Randy went. Okay, you cho folks chose to come in now and change tires again during this caution, expecting, of course, him to get underway again. Yeah, that's true. Uh, we didn't really lose anything. I think we lost anything. I think we lost one position. Uh, we were almost, you know, we were behind the 12 card, and I think right now, I think the 90 car is the only one between us and him. So I hope that we haven't lost anything as far as the positions. You get kind of confused with the number of lap cars and who ain't lapped in a place like Wilkesboro. But I think we're going to be in pretty good shape if we go back green. Now, it looks like the skies are starting to clear. Okay, I think the eight car, Bobby Hillen Jr., is the only one that got around him during that pit stop, Barney. So, so they didn't really lose that much. It looks like it was a good strategy piece for him. Well, he's in good shape, Ned. He always is. He's, as we've talked so many times, Waltrip is one of the drivers that is able to take a situation that probably will not be in his favor, turn it around a lot of times, keep the car in the lead lap, and come up and fool around and win the race. He's done that a lot of times. He has. You've hardly noticed him for the first, even here, first 250, 300 laps here. Uh, he was not that strong a car here last year in this race, but ended up battling Neil Bonnet as they got right down toward the end. Harry Gantz on pit road, and so is Mike Waltrip. I'm seeing a few late pit stops. Bobby Allison will make his second stop. They're going to change left side tires. Quickly, let's go to pit road. Bobby Allison brings the Miller American Buick down Barney Hall. They will change left side tires, as you said. Uh, Bobby Hudson and the crew, Pat Broyles, the new father, uh, changing the left front tires. They will make a final stop here before we go back to green. They have left side tires on full fuel. Here goes Joe Rutland of the Quaker State Buick down pit road as Allison follows him out. Buddy Arrington also making a stop along with Kenny Schrader with the Red Baron Pizza Ford is on pit road. Still a lap or so before they put them back under green. It'll give us a quick minute to chat with Wayne Robertson, the director of special events for the R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company. Can you believe the folks that have turned out here today? Every place we've been this year, the stands are completely sold out. Well, Barney, the $2 million Winston Cup point fun has uh, certainly been exciting this year. And the reason that it's always exciting is because of the fan entrance that we have. And I tell you, the, the first part of the season, every race, as you said, we've had record crowds. And here today, they've turned out. Uh, and we don't have a bad day. The weather's good. We had a little bit of rain now, but I don't want anybody to be fooled. We've got a very good day here, and the fans are seeing a heck of a show. Well, that point you were just talking about there tightened up again. Old Darrell Waltrip has got off to a heck of a start this year. He's been all smiles in that department. He hasn't won a pole. He hasn't won a race, but he's doing what he wants to do, and that's win the Winston Championship. Well, I think the, the mid-year payoff, Barney, you know, we got $500,000 up first time for as soon as we finish the July 4th Pepsi Firecracker 400, we're going to be paying out $500,000. So uncharacteristic of the Darrell Waltrip Jr. Johnson team, they're starting off the year going off with a bang, and uh, Darrell's got 1,000 points with a 48-point lead over Dale Earnhardt, who has had a very, very good year also. Wayne, stick around. We're going to go back to green here. We'll race a bit, and we'll chat a bit about the Winston coming up down in Atlanta, along with a companion race to it, the Winston Invitational.
We're set to go back to green as the pace car will be diving in behind the pit wall. Earnhardt is a leader. Right behind him is Jeff Bodine and Neil Bonnet as they'll come a-digging out of turn number four. Harold Kinder waves the green, and we're back to full race speed as Earnhardt again gets a good restart, pulls away a couple of car links from Jeff Bodine as they shuffle off into turn number one. Walker's trying to move up some, and Bobby Hillen gets a little high in the corner. It's going to hold him up for a moment. Bobby started Hillen, that is, fourth in line. He's still there, but he did lose some ground. Meanwhile, Bodine comes to call on Dale Earnhardt. Bodine wants the lead. A little bit of that yellow paint's going to trade hands here in a moment as Earnhardt leads Bodine across the stripe and down into turn number one. They are three wide back in the field, and here goes Bodine. Jeff has the inside covered. Earnhardt tries to stay with him as they come uphill towards turn number three. They have left Bonnet. The cars touch once, twice, and now they separate. Earnhardt goes way high. Bodine takes the lead. Jeff Bodine muscled his way underneath Dale Earnhardt right in the middle of three and four. Earnhardt slid up a groove or two, and Bodine has the lead. Now, Earnhardt, can he come back? He's got his hands full with Neil Bonnet trying to take away the number two spot. They're heading for three. Matter of fact, Neil had an idea of trying to pass Earnhardt there when Dale went high off that little touch with Bodine. But now Neil will try off turn four this time. Already, let's remember that uh, during the last caution, before the one for the rain, Jeff Bodine had put on fresh tires. So had Neil Bonney. Now, Darrell Walter, who has moved up to fourth right now, took on fresh tires during this last caution as well. So I think that's what's telling the difference right now. Earnhardt stayed out there and does not have on fresh tires. That is the key here, Ned. We'll talk to some of the drivers about that on tape here a little bit later this afternoon. They say a set of new tires or even two will just zing you back to the front. No matter how far you are back, the fresh tires are the key. Again, Bonnet will work on Earnhardt off turn number two. Dale pinched him off that time around. Let's see if he can do it in three. Well, he tries to hold him off. Bodine comes by us. The battle for second is 1.35 seconds behind Earnhardt, Bonnet, and Waltrip. Barney up pretty much unnoticed, middle of the field, but a good run today for Bill Elliott. Elliott right now is the sixth-place car behind Terry Labonte's machine, but here goes Bonnet up ahead for second. Neal again tries to get the quick running start. At the same time, if he vacates the inside groove, Darrell Waltrip is right there to try and take it away from him, so no one changes position from second on back. Now Earnhardt has his hands full right now as a couple of the Budweiser cars are trying to stick a couple of cans in his jeans down in turn number one as they work off the turn. Earnhardt again is able to keep the car low despite the fact that the tires are getting a little bit worn down. Here's Bonnet. He's going to make a run on him in three. Neal can't quite pull it off as they go uphill. Earnhardt's Wrangler machine showed the superiority into the corner. They're two seconds behind the leader. And Waltrip is there. Waltrip underneath Neil Bonnet as they come off turn number four that time and back into turn number one. So second, third, and fourth tied tightly together off turn number two. Labonte is fifth. Elliott is sixth. And those cars are working around the outside of the Doug Hevron car, but they're a goodly distance behind second, third, and fourth. No change this time off the corner. And Barney and Mike Jeff Bodine has turned the fastest lap right now that we've seen in the race all day. About 20 and a half seconds, and he's really pulling away from that second place battle. The skies have gone up considerably now. It looks like we're going to be rain-free for a while, maybe just a few stray drops here and there, but they are really getting it on here at North Wilkesboro. Here's Bodine. He is pulled away by a good four seconds over the second place car, Dale Earnhardt. And again, Earnhardt is doing a heck of a job with that Wrangler jeans machine. Remember, as Ned pointed out, fresh tires make a tremendous difference here. It's been a while since he's been on pit road to get any in there, but he's still holding off both the Budweiser cars. As a matter of fact, he's pulling away by about another half car length, if you want to call that pulling away. Here's Waltrip. He tries to look inside that outside of Bonnet to take over third. He can't do it. Let's go back in the field just a little bit with Earnhardt leading. Bonnet second, Waltrip third. Fourth is Labonte, or rather Bodine leading. Earnhardt second, Bonnet third. Waltrip in the fourth spot. Back in fifth is Labonte. He's being challenged by Bill Elliott. Seventh is Harry Gant. Eighth is Joe Rutman. Ninth, Bobby Allison. 
10th is Ricky Rudd. 11th back on the lead lap is Bobby Hillen. And 12th is Kyle Petty. Here comes Elliott again, and he's underneath Labonte this time out of four for he, fourth. He's had the best run he's had in a long time on a short track, and they have put in. They're another team that worked every minute of practice. They were out there changing something, trying to find the combination that's paid off for him here today. Earnhardt again looks back in the mirror. Still just about the same interval, a couple of car lengths. And he told us yesterday that he felt like he might have to beat the two Budweiser cars, but he also was well aware that he's going to have to beat a lot of other good cars here today. Well, I think the key to winning here is just beating everybody else. I don't think you, if you single out the junior's cars and try to beat them, you'll, you'll beat yourself. And, you know, I'm just going to go out and run my race. And uh, if it goes to plan and everything goes all right, we'll, we'll have a shot at winning and uh, try, not, you know, try to stay out of trouble and try to use your head all day. He's had a good run here this afternoon, one of his best short track runs at North Wilkesboro ever. He really has, Barney. He is, I don't know if he's changed his driving style, but I, I think he has perhaps changed his approach uh, to running these races. At Darlington, he said he was so surprised because he'd never been in a race and dominated a race as much as he did last week. I don't think so, no. I've, I've raced a lot, and I don't really feel like I dominated that bad. I just, we were up front all day, and... You know, Harry Gant ran good there at times, and I'd see him back there, and I'd just run my face, and he never could gain that much. I mean, he'd, he'd gain up on me, but, he, you know, he never did get there and race me. So, you know, I just kept my composure, and I'd race cars that were lapped down on restarts and stuff, and I never would rush the car. I'd just keep my composure, and it wasn't a, a lap or two. I'd be by him and be going, going on off from him. So I just try to keep it in mind all day where I was at and what I was racing the racetrack instead of competitors and try to stay out of trouble. And, you know, that worked out pretty good for us. Keeping composure and driving conservative. It doesn't sound like the Earnhardt of two months ago. Well, it's paying off for him. It, it has is. all season long. And Richard Childress said he mellowed out a little bit, uh, depending on conditions on the racetrack, <laughs> as we have well seen. We're still under green here at the North Wilkesboro Speedway, as it looks like the rain is going to move out of the area for a while, and we may be able to run this one to conclusion under green. Let's hope so. Jeff Bodine is a leader. He's pulled away by a full straightaway on Dale Earnhardt, the second-place car, Neil Bonnet third, and Darrell Walker fourth. So as they kind of stabilize for a moment, Wayne Robertson is still with us from the R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company, the director of special events. You folks are going to be busy in May. We go out to Talladega for the running of the Winston 500. Then the next weekend we'll be down in Atlanta for the Winston and the companion race that goes with us this year, the Winston Invitational. That's going to be a good scramble for two straight weekends. Well, we're really excited about that weekend, Barney. Uh, May 11th, it's an $800,000 weekend. It's $300,000 for Atlanta Invitational and $500,000 for the Winston. For the 10 drivers, the 10 winners from last year, nine winners from last year, and Jeff Bodine, who got in by his finishing in the Winston Cup point standings. Uh, we think it's going to be a very exciting Trouble in turn number one. Mike Waltrip gets into the back bumper of Willie Ribs, and Ribs' car goes around. This will bring out the caution. It'll be the sixth one of the day and comes out about lap 245. And Ribs' baptism to Winston Cup Racing has seen him get scrambled up twice now. This time, I'm afraid he had a little help as Mike Waltrip got into the back of his car for whatever reason. And at turn number two, it was Ribs' Chevrolet that spun around and brought out the caution. Well, that's what he wanted to do is get out there and learn. And it's the only way you're going to get it is doing it just exactly like he did. Wayne, again, will be looking for that Winston 500, of course, at Talladega. And as you said, the Winston and the companion race to it in Atlanta should be one of the best. It's going to be a unique show, no question about that. Well, we've had some fantastic shows this year. I think the competition at all the events we've had so far certainly shows how it is. Uh, Martinsville next weekend will be a warm-up, Talladega, and then on to the Winston. Well, you guys have done a good job at R.J. Reynolds, all the companies involved in racing. Goodyear, Unical 76, 
they're all behind all this, and I think that's the reason we're seeing the stands so full of fans everywhere we go. Well, I think the, the corporate effort that's been put forth is certainly there because of the fans. It's the race fans that make this sport so successful, and all the companies that are involved in this thing uh, helps to make it successful. The competitors themselves, they put on a show week in and week out, and the fans turn out to see that show. We're under caution here at the North Wilkesboro Speedway. Mike? And I believe Neil Bonnet may have miscued and made his pit stop too early. He yes? absolutely did, Mike Joy. He came in uh, as soon as they came around. And the, the caution car was about to come out down there, and Neil jumped in the pit. They changed four tires on it. He did not get back out in time. So in our calculation here, he did lose a lap. Everybody else waited and came in the next time around. They all took on four tires. We've seen a lot of adjustments going on inside of those cars, too. So it looks like Bonnet will go a lap down, or if leader Ricky Rudd pits, then Bonnet will be the last car in the lead lap lined up just in front of the safety car. You wouldn't think that a team with that much experience can happen. We've talked about that so many times. We've seen it. It happens to everybody at one time or another. At the North Wilkesboro Speedway, trouble. trouble. Turn number four. Ruckman spins around. Earnhardt and Waltrip manage to avoid him. McDuffie spins across the curbing. There's problems on the Levante car, who slowed on the backstretch. McDuffie now, the last car to leave the scene here, and he can't quite get the Rumpel furniture machine going. Now he does, but there is caution on the Speedway. It'll be the seventh one of the day, as Terry Labonte had had a lot of smoke coming out from under his car here in the front straightaway and was heading for pit road at the time the caution came out. Ruppman again loops it right up in the middle of the corner, and it was lucky that half the field didn't plow into that one. Let's go back to Eli. A lot of the cars really cut it low through turns three and four. There's a curving that separates the racetrack from the apron, kind of like you see at the Martinsville Speedway. A couple of cars got up on there. A couple of others tried to get on the brank on the brakes to avoid the spinning cars. Ruttman went around. Earnhardt did a good bit of driving, not to lose his machine, but all in all, a number of cars spinning, and we are under caution. And a heartbreaker for J.D. McDuffie. It is, Barney. The Rumpel Furniture car from nearby Elkin, North Carolina, is where Rumpel is, I guess. Well, he rumpled it. J.D. is pretty much stove in the front end of that car, and he's come down the front straightaway and come to a stop just at the entrance of turn number one. The record will go to his aid. Meanwhile, Terry Labonte's car has coasted around into pit road and right up to the trailer. They didn't have the ramps down, or he probably could have rolled it right in, but we'll get to Labonte in a moment. Right now, we're still under caution. Ricky Rudd remains the race leader. Let's go to Ned Jarrett. Well, Terry Labonte is crawling out of the Piedmont Airlines Oldsmobile. Terry, what went wrong? Well, I don't really know. Uh, something broke in the engine. It uh, got a little oil leak, so... We don't really know what happened. Well, we're sorry to see you have that tough luck here. You were having sort of a tough day out there anyway. A lot of lot of competition. Well, we were. The car wasn't working real good at the start. And we, we kept working with it. Finally, we're getting it a little bit better. But, uh, you know, we still weren't real good. Okay, so Terry Labonte parked it. He is a little bit disgusted here this afternoon. His season has not gone his way. The fact that he won at Rockingham is only victory this year. But when the car has been in there, he's been a contender. But they've had more than their share of bad luck and mechanical problems in 1986. We're under caution. This will be the seventh one of the day. Again, Joe Ruttman and J.D. McDuffie getting together a little bit up there when spinning right in the middle of turns number three and four. And to make it even worse for J.D. and that Rumpel Furniture Company machine, he came down the front straightaway and it looked like something might have broke again and he tagged the inside pit wall. So he's going to crinkle up the left side of the car too as the wrecker has come out to hitch up to him and will pull his car back onto pit road. Let's check in with our in-car radio with the Red Baron Pizza Ford, uh, that of Ken Schrader. And Kenny, this is Motor Racing Network. It looks like over those last 30 or 40 laps, you got the right side of that car crumpled up pretty good. I guess in this kind of racing, you're never really running by yourself. There's always pretty heavy traffic, isn't there? Well, I tell you, it's getting plenty crowded out here. Everybody's really hungry today, and, you know, there's there's a little more beating and banging that's going on than normal. It's just, 
they're not really hitting everybody hard, they're just nudging them and getting them out of shape. So uh, it's plenty wild today. How's your car working for you at this point in the race? Well, they're not going too bad. Uh, Started the race, we were way loose, and it got us behind two laps real quick. But uh, the last 100 laps or so, we've, we've been running real good. Well, right now they post you in 13th position, about two laps down, racing against Jody Ridley, Ron Bouchard, and Tim Richmond. So good luck the rest of the day. Well, I thank you. That's Ken Schrader in the Junie Donlevy car, the Red Baron Pizza Ford. Don't forget to join us every Tuesday night on many of these MRN stations for NASCAR Live, where you can call in toll-free and ask your questions of the folks that make the news in auto racing. That's NASCAR Live, Tuesdays at 7 Eastern Time on MRN. A little raindrops coming down again now. We're under caution for the accident up in turns three and four, but just about the same time that happened, the rain moved back into the area. A few low-hanging clouds are passing over the mountains here in the North Wilkesboro area, and some light sprinkles are coming out of the racetrack, and we see a few spots on the speedway right now. They'll keep the cars out there, as we told you, to keep as much heat in the surface as they can and continue to try and dry the track, but it's going to be a lap or so before we'll be able to get back to green. Well, one thing that's just happened is that the Ford automobiles have doubled the number of laps they'd led under green this season. As Ned pointed out at the top of the broadcast, coming into this race, Ford, Ford cars had led just four laps under the green flag in the six races we've had to date. Ricky Rudd just led the last ten before that caution flag, or last six or so. So they have doubled that mark. It has not been the kind of season that they enjoyed in 1985 when Bill Elliott won 11 races and Ricky Rudd won one. Statistics, as you look at them, are sometimes just mind-boggling, particularly in our sport. Only two drivers have led in all six races this year. Dale Earnhardt's led 29 times. Waltrip has led 11 times. And of the 2,483 miles run, hard to believe that Earnhardt has led more than 1,081 miles of that. But the kicker in it is, last year, Bill Elliott at this stage of the race, or season after six races had led almost every super speedway race we've been in all day long but this year he's led only twice as you said for just eight miles that's unbelievable that the Elliott team has led only eight miles in six races and it's not that they are running slower than last year it's that everybody else is caught up as you've heard many of the drivers talk on our broadcast the new back windows for the Chevys and Pontiacs and the new body styles for the Oldsmobiles and Buicks have really brought the field together and made things much more competitive, and if anything, it has tipped the scale in the favor of the General Motors cars, perhaps. Benny Parsons pointed out on a broadcast last week that uh, he thought his Oldsmobiles had gained probably more from the different changes and aerodynamic improvements than the other makes of cars. That was borne out. In the first five races, we had five different makes of cars in victory lane. Everybody won. Chevrolet at Daytona, Ford with Kyle Petty's win at Richmond, uh, the Buick for Morgan Shepard, Labonte uh, one in an Oldsmobile, and of course uh, the Pontiac win, that came at Bristol at the hands of Rusty Wallace. But, as we pointed out, Kyle's win was under caution. Uh, he did not a lead a lap under green, and so the one Ford win, it, well, it's not tainted, it's it's a win, but the Fords have not been competitive like they were last year. Well, they're kind of getting it in the right direction. Bud Moore told us yesterday that they've done a lot of research, and he says the new body changes, the spoiler rules, and a few other things that they can do that they couldn't do last year. It's going to take a race or two to work it out and sort it all out and figure out what it means on a racetrack. Because, Ned, we talked, I guess you and I both at Darlington with some of the teams down there, and particularly on the Pontiacs with the air dams and whatever. Some of the teams uh, elected at that time not to even use it 
it was available in a, in a kind of a limited form, so to speak, but they found out that although it affected the car sticking to the racetrack, it also changed the air getting under the hood of the car. And that's very important as far as how much air gets in that carburetor. No question about it, Barney. And then, of course, when it was uh, making the front end stick better, it was loosening the back end. So that means that they got to go back to work on springs and shocks and things of that nature. So when you get an advantage in one particular area, sometimes it can cause a disadvantage in other areas. We're standing beside Bud Moore as he talks to Ricky Rudd as he comes off of turn four. We wanted to check in with Bud. We've been talking for the last two or three weeks about him being homesick. Of course, he's here today. Bud, you look like you're feeling good, particularly with that motorcraft Ford running out front. Well, yeah, Ned, I feel real good. I'm just a little bit weak, you know. I hadn't got all my energy back, but the car's running exceptionally well right now. Maybe we'll have a monsoon or something other, and that'd be just right for it. <laughs> well, I know that uh, that you know that the farmers in this area need a lot of rain, and you'd like to see them go ahead and get it, huh? I'd like to see them get it right now. We need a lot of rain at home the same way. The farmers down there can't plant or anything else, so we definitely need the rain, and I need the rain right now. Too. Okay, with that motorcraft Ford sitting out front, he wouldn't mind seeing it coming. Of course, there's nothing behind him that don't quite think that way. Yeah, that, that hasn't changed since the days when you were racing. When the, the lead, For the leader, it's always raining too hard, and for the guy in second place, let's go racing. That's the way it goes. Ned, while you have, is Bud still there with you? If he's still up there, you might ask him also. Uh, he, he's talking about how bad he felt, and he's not back up to par yet. He's been up to par all weekend long because I think he really came back to the racetrack not so much to go racing as it was to play golf with Wayne Torrance, and he... We understand he really skinned him the other day. He told us that he made enough money off the Wayne Torrance, who's the field engineer, for Goodyear to run the team for the next two weeks. And the way he was playing golf, it didn't look like he felt too bad the other day. He went over to check with the scoring, uh, some of the scoring people there, Barney, so he got away from us. But I, I heard that he did pretty well out there for a sick man. He's up to par in a couple of birdies, I imagine. Let's take you back through the field before we break for commercial, let you know where your favorite driver is running. And then when we come back, as we're under caution, we'll go to the rumor mill and tell you about some of the more exciting, perhaps, developments in NASCAR racing over the last couple of weeks. Ricky Rudd is the leader in the Motorcraft Ford at about lap 260. We're under caution here. Jeff Bodine is posted as the second-place car. In third is Dale Earnhardt. In fourth is Bill Elliott. Fifth is Bobby Allison. Sixth is Harry Gann. Seventh, Darrell Waltrip. Eighth is Bobby Hillen. Ninth is Kyle Petty. And tenth, Joe Rutman. Those cars are all on the lead lap. Eleventh is Neil Bonnet and twelfth, Rusty Wallace. They are one lap down. Two laps down is Tim Richmond. He's 13th. 14th is Jody Ridley. 15th is Ken Schrader. Three laps back, Morgan Shepard is 16th, giving James Hilton's car quite a ride today. And back in 17th is Ron Bouchard. Four laps down, Dave Marcus is 18th. Alan Kulwicki is 19th, but he's the leading rookie in the race. And 20th is Doug Hebron. Five or more laps behind, 21st, Jimmy Means. 22nd, rookie Mike Waldron. 23rd, rookie Chet Phillip. 24th, Buddy Arrington. 25th is rookie Willie Ribs. And in 26th is Rick Baldwin. Cars out of the race. First car out of the race was Trevor Boys, followed by Richard Petty. Then in quick succession, J.D. McDuffie and Terry Labonte are out of the event. 263 laps are complete. Going to be just a lap or so, and we'll go back to green quickly. Let's go to Jerry Punch. We're standing with Richard Childress, the car owner for Dale Earnhardt. And Richard uh, Bud Moore talking a minute ago about how it's raining here. According to you, it's not raining at all. No, it was raining pretty hard earlier out there when it was leading, but now, you know, it's pretty nice out here. Richard, you said you were doing a rain dance out there when Dale was leading by about three or four car lengths, but now you said the skies are really pretty here. That's the way I guess you got to do it when, you know, when it's raining and it's in your favor, you pull for it. When it ain't, you, you know. Well, that's Richard Childers, the car owner for the Wrangler Chevrolet of Dale Earnhardt. What we just say. He says it's Chamber of Commerce weather down there in turn one. Of course, he's not leading the race, and Bud Moore is. 
Late pit stop for Joe Rutman of the Quaker State car as he, they drop the jack and he'll catch up to the tail end of the field. We're still going to have one more lap under caution. You don't think those raindrops are getting in Bud's pit or tobacco juice, do you? No, I kind of doubt that. Okay. One lap to go. 275 are up on the board in one lap. We'll go back to green flag racing. The track has grayed up pretty much. Down toward the real inside line here on the front straightaway. There's still some damp patches, but normally the cars don't run down there unless they're way out of shape. Eli, how's it look in your vicinity? Ready to go. The track really never got particularly wet here. There's a bit of banking, but it never even got to raining that hard for the banking to wash any standing water off the track. So it's just been a matter of keeping the heat in the racetrack, which they have in the field now, lining up as they work the back straightaway behind the safety car. The lights are out. Ricky Rudd still leads it, as well we heard from Bud Moore. Jeff Bodine's car right in behind him. Then Dale Earnhardt. The Bill Elliott car is showing up in the fourth place, and Bobby Allison fifth. Harry Gant next in line sixth. Then the Darrell Waltrip. Bobby Hillen and Kyle Petty cars. Likewise, Joe Rutman. Neil Bonnet, he leads the inside groove. He wants to get a lap back. We're set to go back to green. If you had to pick a favorite to win this thing right now, it'd be awfully hard to do. Good restart for Ricky Rudd. Man, I need a good one. He pulls away in a heartbeat and gets in front of some of the lap cars of Neil Bonnet, and he has left Dale Earnhardt and Jeff Bodine in his dust as they move up the back straightaway. As a matter of fact, two lap cars, Neil Bonnet and Tim Richmond, who took a bit of a squirrely route out of turn number two. Those cars separate Rudd from Bodine. Ford and Chevrolet at the front of the field. It is Rudd across the stripe in red and white motorcraft colors. Then Bodine. Here comes Earnhardt up the outside. He scrapes along with Richmond, loses a half a car like there. Bill Elliott's just going to hook right on behind the Earnhardt car and see if they can forge their way to the front. The front five positions have broken away now from Harry Gant. Likewise, the Waltrip and Bobby Hillen machine. Ricky's got his hands full not only with Jeff Bodine, but with Neil Bonnet. Bonnet is desperately trying to get himself back on the lead lap, and he got underneath Ricky going into turn number three. They got together for just a moment, and he backed off, but now here comes Bonnet again, and he's trying to get back on the lead lap, and Bodine's trying to take the lead. Neil trying to go anywhere he can. There's just no room. He's pinned into the low side of the track. You can hear some of the tires squealing as they take the hard left through three and four. Bonnet is a lap down. He didn't lose it on the racetrack. They made a mistake under one of the cautions, pitted too soon, and the pace car caught the lap down. Second is Bodine, and third is Earnhardt. Fourth is Elliott. He has his hands full with Bobby Allison. Allison has the inside groove, and he's following Rusty Wallace says Al Ugar Pontiac through the turn. Elliott's outside of him. Elliott comes right out against the wall. Still, Bobby does not have enough room to try and make the pass on him going into turn number one as Rusty Wallace's car will stick at the bottom of the racetrack, so Bobby's going to be pinned in there. The leader heads for three. The front two, Rudd and Bodine, then two lapped cars, now one lapped car as Earnhardt gets around Richmond. So behind Bodine, it's Bonnet, then Earnhardt. Further back, a lot of side-by-side racing as Kyle Petty gets underneath Bobby Hillen. They are fighting for position with Joe Rutman. All three of those drivers having a real good run here today. Joe Rutman running off me well earlier. He's trying to get the car working as well as it did before. He'll follow the tire tracks of Kyle Petty uphill into turn number three while it's Hillen being forced to the outside line around race traffic. Bobby Allison finally gets underneath the Elliott Coors machine and will take the spot away as they work back into turns one and two. It'll be single file now among at least the top eight positions as Rudd takes them back to three. Bodine is right with him. They take basically the same line through the corner. Earnhardt enters the turn a bit lower than do the front two two, but he can't make a move either. Ricky Rudd, who two years ago were reminded, dominated this race until the last pit stop. 
Tim Richmond took on four tires. Rudd got only two, and Richmond drove away to victory, his most recent on the Winston Cup Tour. Rudd would like to prove that that run is no fluke and try to repeat and get that car all the way to victory lane here. Ford has had some good success here at the North Wilkesboro Speedway over the years, and just about some of the best runs we've seen in recent years have come from young drivers. Kyle Petty had one of his best, almost pulled off a win here a year or so ago, even in his own car before he went to the Wood Brothers. It'll be stabilized this time around. Not much change in position as the front seven or eight spots are nose to tail, working around the North Wilkesboro Speedway. Darrell Walker is caught back in the middle of the field back there. He's been trying to get to the front all afternoon. I asked Darrell yesterday, it used to be everywhere we went on the short track, it was the Junior Johnson car. Everyone felt like they had to beat. What's happened to that dominance? Oh, we just had so much good luck. Uh, and, I, and a lot of it has to be uh, luck. I guess uh, I don't like to use that word because I, I, I really don't believe there is such a thing in luck. But nevertheless, uh, last year here, for instance, I had a very good running car. It was fast, and we had a motor problem. I think I thought it blew up, uh, blew a big bunch of smoke out of it, and I backed off and coasted a little ways and realized that it had. And we come back and, and uh, from a lap down and tried to win the race. And Neil beat us here, and we run second. We come back here in the fall last year, and I had the fastest call on the racetrack and burn a plug wire off the darn thing and lost a bunch of time in the pit trying to fix that. And so little things is what keeps you from winning. It ain't the big things most of the time. It's little detail things and uh, at Bristol and here at Wilkesboro and places like that where we've been so dominant. We just haven't had the best of luck. And, uh, you know, we can turn those little little incidents around and uh, we'll be back on a winning form. Well, he's having to work for every foot of real estate out there today and he has all season long at Bristol, at Richmond, everywhere we've been. It's been a hard road to hoe for him. Well, it's not been easy, Barney, and it's kind of like what's happened to Bill Elliott. Everybody has caught up. Everybody has worked on their cars, improved their setup, and as uh, Willie Ribb said at the start of the race, only six cents of a second separate the first position from the 30th position. Everything has gotten so close. In fact, the Fords, four of them qualified within one one-hundredth of a second of each other, and Ricky found that a little hard to believe. Well, they really are. All the Fords are right there together. Uh, the only discouraging thing, we're not closer to the front, but... Amazing that all of them did qualify right then there within one thousandth of a second of one another. But really, not only the Fords, but the whole field is that tight. Uh, we we made a few mistakes and uh, uh, didn't get the car adjusted exactly like we wanted to during qualifying. And since that time, we've gotten them a lot better. So he's got it right now. He leads the pack up to turn three. As pack works their way through the corner. Earnhardt will now go to the inside of Neil Bonner, who, remember, is a lap down. Interesting, out here in the corner, there are four photographers from racing newspapers and Butch Mock from the Nationwise team. He is taking a hard look at the Ricky Rudd car as it comes by, and likewise, Bodine. Then he is really studying Jody Ridley's machine, the 75 Nationwise entry, to find out why it's mired back in traffic. Butch just couldn't get a good look from the out here in the turn. Well, that's one way to learn something. Ned, it looks like Dale Earnhardt's car, after he runs about 10, 15 laps, all of a sudden it starts getting a hold of the racetrack because he's coming to the front. Well, I think they have that car set up up and tight, which is the way that you have to have it to run here, but in the first few laps after you put on some tires, sometimes it will push a little bit too much. The back end will stick too tight, and then as you wear those tires down a little bit and get some heat up, that's when the tight chassis will really start working for you. And I think that's the 
situation with Earnhardt. Let's update you a little on that Ridley situation. Now that uh, the Nationwide team has hired Robert Pembert and his crew chief, that will free up Butch Mock on his race day duty, so he becomes the team spotter, and as general manager of the team, he gets outside the racetrack and gets an overview on what's going on. He thinks that may help their performance. His partner, Bob Rahilly, is in the pits as the engine builder and the other team owner with crew chief Robin Pemberton. Well, they need to get something going, too, because a couple of years ago, they were one of the most promising teams that had come along in a long time. They won a few races with Neil Bonnet, and then Bonnet left the team and went to Junior Johnson's efforts, and they had some mediocre success after that. The team just never seemed to gel, and they're looking for the right combination. The talent's there. I guess if they ever get it all put together, they'll be back in winning form again. Harry Gant beginning to ramble a bit, and Joe Rutman also is picking his way up through the field as Darrell Walker rides right along behind him. We're at the North Wilkesboro Speedway for the first Union 400 here this afternoon. We've had a couple of rain showers, but for the moment, it's dry here. It looks like we'll go all the way under green. The leader is Ricky Rudd. Riding along in second is Jeff Bodine. Dale Earnhardt's about five or six car lengths back to third-place car. We're in the final 100 laps of the first Union 400 here at the North Wilkesboro Speedway, and it has been one of the best races we've seen here in a number of years. There's at least eight, ten cars right up there, been at it all afternoon. The leader right now, if you just joined our broadcast late, is Ricky Rudd of the Motorcraft Ford, but right behind him and really keeping the heat on him, took a shot at him a couple of times, but hasn't been able to do anything with him, is Jeff Bodine of the Levi Garrett machine. He's just inches behind him out of turn number four. It's about a second back to Dale Earnhardt in third position. Fourth is Bobby Allison riding along in fifth position now is Joe Rutman. They're strung out about five seconds behind the leader as they work back to three. The lead cars coming back up the corner further back. Kyle Petty and Harry Gant also having an awfully good battle as they've been working nose to tail off the turn. They come now to turn number three. They've got Willie Team Ribs machine ahead of them before they catch up with some other cars on the same lap. That's been a good race. Harry got underneath Kyle in heavy race traffic coming down the front straightaway. Got underneath Rick Baldwin. They sandwiched him going to turn one, and Harry picked up the spot. As competitive as this race has been, there are only five numbers up on the Winston leaderboard. Pole sitter Jeff Bodine, for the first time in three races where he has sat on the pole, managed to lead a lap and got in front for a good bit today. Richard Petty, the outside pole sitter, led, as did Terry Labonte, Dale Earnhardt, and now Ricky Rudd is the man they're watching at the head of the field, heading for turn three. And Rudd still getting off the corners awfully well. That's why Bodine is not really been able to get a good shot off at him. Meanwhile, Earnhardt's within eight car lengths. He is picking him up every time around. Earnhardt's picked up a little bit on the two front cars. A moment ago, he was a full second behind. If you look over there now, it's about six or seven car lengths. And as Ned and I were talking a moment ago, it seems like the longer Dale runs, the stronger his car gets, as he is really picking him up. But they're all going to catch some traffic coming out of turn number four and heading back into turn number one. Back down a straightaway looking for turn number one, and it's tight race traffic. Ron Bouchard is up there racing against Bobby Hillen. So is Doug Hebron, Mike Waltrip, and rookie driver Chet Phillip. And Waltrip and Phillip are battling for position as they go up to three. Those cars taking the same grooves through the Hawaiian punch machine and the circle bar truck corral entry for Chet Phillip. They're about a second ahead of the leaders. Back to the start-finish line. Again, Ricky Rudd pulls away two car lengths. Ned, it's fascinating in this business. You can have 50 straight second-place finishes, finish in the top five, win a bunch of pole positions, bush poles, or whatever, but a win is what it's all about. We've got a lot of teams this year that have had that situation. Walker's leading in the points. He's had a good money year so far in the six races he's run. Jeff Bodine has had three straight bush poles, but none of them are happy. They want to win a race. That's what it's all about. That's the bottom line, absolutely, Barney. And they're so hard to come by now, as we've seen, you know, six different winners in the first races. And then going back into last year, there were, what, the last five races or something, there were different winners, too. So it, they are very, very hard to come by. And I think if you scratch one out, you've done a year's work almost. Well, that's what Darrell Walker told us yesterday. The win is what it's all about. Uh, 
it just helps everything if you uh, can have the kind of year we're having where we've been consistently finishing well and then win one every now and then too. That really makes everything seem to work good, keeps the morale up. But, uh, you know, it's been a deal right now where uh, I said down in Darlington, every week seems like somebody has got their act together. Dale had it together at Darlington and uh, Bodine at Daytona and Morgan Shepard at Atlanta and uh, Terry Labonte at Rockingham. And uh, when things are going like that, all you can hope for is to hang in there and uh, finish in the top two or three and wait for your day because, you know, we know it'll come. We know we'll win a race and we know we'll win a pole. We'd just like to do it right now. It would be nice. It would. Mike Waltrip's car has slowed. He may be another candidate for the Goodies Headache Award that the press will vote later on. Right now, you'd have to say that Richard Petty is the odds-on favorite. Assuming nothing else of any great import happens in the rest of this race, as well it could. Petty was the outside pole sitter and went out of the race early with engine trouble after leading. That's $500 and a sample of Goody's headache powders to the driver voted to have the biggest headache in the running or preparation for today's First Union 400. The attrition rate here at North Wilkesboro has been extremely low this afternoon. We're just looking back on a rundown from scoring here a moment ago, and we showed, what, only four cars out at that time at about 255 laps. And the... Only two top cars out that would have had a shot to win here this afternoon, of course, the STP Pontiac of Richard Petty and the Piedmont Airlines machine of Terry Labonte. J.D. McDuffie is called in today, and so has Trevor Boyce, and those are the four cars that are behind the wall. One car on pit road, and again, that's Mike Walker. As he limps down pit road, they're going to send him back. Nope, they're going to make that turn, left turn, and try to work on the car and get him back in there. He's been running a little bit better recently. Dick Bayer told us yesterday that they feel like they're not going to win a race this year, but he says all we want to do is be consistent, run in the top ten. The win will come one of these days. Barney, the season they've had, it wasn't until Bristol, just two races ago, that Mike really got enough practice time and enough race time into where he really felt comfortable in the car. And he says every week it is getting better and better. He's feeling a lot more comfortable racing against uh, these drivers and in these 3,700-pound cars. You know, he's a graduate of the uh, uh, Charlotte Daytona Dash Series cars, which weigh about half as much as these Winston Cup cars do. And he's coming along. It takes a while to learn all this business. It's, as Ned and I have talked, I guess, over the years, you can't buy the experience. You can come in here with a million dollars to go racing on. The experience, you just have to get out there and take your lumps and learn it the hard way. Going to be a battle shaping up for the lead again as Ricky Rudd looks back in the mirror. Dale Earnhardt is there. Right behind him is Jeff Bodine, and Earnhardt rides along in the third spot. There's about a car length between them as they're catching traffic in front of Eli Gold. They've caught the run. Bouchard, Alan Kowicki, and Jody Ridley machines going into turns three and four. Bouchard goes way high, opening up the inside groove for the leaders. While they'll stay single file, we promised you we'd spread some of the rumor mill around while this race goes on, and we won't get away from the race coverage to do that, but as long as the lead cars stay single file... Uh, one report that Ron Bouchard, the Mike Curb organization, and Valvoline, there was some dissatisfaction there. That has been dispelled by all three parties. It appears that it is evident that those that team will stay together in its current form through the rest of the season. There will be no change. Ron Bouchard will remain with Curb Motorsports and Valvoline as the sponsor uh, for the rest of the season. Also, that a possibility that Greg Sachs may be out of the Diegard car. That is not true. Sachs and the TRW people met. Uh, with Dygard and informed the race team that the TRW name would stay on the Greg Sachs race car, would not be associated with the Willie T. Ribs effort, that that would be something completely separate and sponsored by the uh, Red Roof Inns people. The third rumor that has surfaced, and it's a big one, it concerns Darrell Waltrip's future in 1987, that he may move over to car owner Rick Hendrick and perhaps a third racing team for the Hendrick organization. And I asked one of Hendrick's drivers, Jeff Bodine, about the possibility of Waltrip coming over and forming another team as part of the Hendrick operation. Mike, 
Rick Henrik is such a good car owner uh, that sponsors are knocking at his door trying to get him to, to run their race team. Just like they, they knock his doors down to run car dealerships throughout the country. Rick Henrik is a very smart businessman. Right now he's, he's put together two race teams that are uh, very, been very successful this season already. Uh, um, and by having another team that hasn't affected my team at all as far as distracting in any way from my team, I think it's even helped my team. Lots of Jeff Bodine, of course, again, as we point out, that is only a rumor. Waltrip is tied up with Junior Johnson through the end of the season, and after that, who knows? We're 325 laps into the race here at North Wilkesboro. Ricky Rudd continues to lead. Jeff Bodine rides second. Let's check in with Ned Jarrett. Mike Waltrip has just crawled out of the highway. He's going to Mike Well, we seem to have lost the transmission. Uh, we ran pretty good when the race started, and I bounced off the curb once and just knocked the front end alignment way out of whack, and I really couldn't run when that happened, and then I kept getting in everybody's way, and I hate that, but uh, we got to straighten back out, and we're running pretty good there at the end, but uh, it wasn't a day for the Hawaiian Bunch days in Pontiac. Okay, he's out of it now, and they'll have to go on to Marksville next week. Well, the clouds have moved in back over the North Wilkesboro Speedway, and a few raindrops are falling here and there, and they're getting a little excited up front. Dale Earnhardt's trying to get around Jeff Bodine and take over the number two spot as Ricky Rudd has been able to hold him off Ned Jarrett's with his crew chief and car owner. Let's find out if he can do it. Well, he's looking pretty good right now, uh, Barney, but it looks like he's able to hold his own. Do you think if it stays green the rest of the way that he can't hold him off? I think we can hold him off. Uh, it's going to be real close on gas. Uh, that's the only problem we're thinking about right now, but we're going to go for it one way or the other. Okay, that's something that we had not considered, Barney. We thought with 125 laps to go, since that last caution, that he should be able to go. But remembering now that Ricky Rudd has got not at the last caution, but the one before there, so that's something we'll have to keep our eye on. And, of course, the Fords have not gotten the gas mileage over the years that the General Motors products have, so that could be a factor to watch here this afternoon. But for the moment, he is not cracking that throttle one bit. Jeff Bodine is about three or four car lengths back of him as they work around the corner down in the turn. Doug Hebron skitters up a bit, gets the car righted, takes it right on straight as the laps wind down here at North Wilkesboro. Barney, Jeff Bodine is closing in. He's gaining about three one-hundredths of a second every lap on the race leader, and Jerry Punch is in Bodine's pit. Well, Gary Nelson, the crew chief for Jeff Bodine. Gary, your driver seems to be gaining a little bit on the leader, but the skies are threatening a little bit. Have you told him to go ahead and pull out all the stops and go after him? Well, it looks like it's going to rain any minute, like you say. Uh, makes it a tough decision for us because we're running second. You know, we'd like to win this race uh, a lot more than we'd like to run second. So if it starts raining, we may just come in and change tires and uh, hope it restarts and uh, hope everybody else stays out there with their old tires. Well, that's Gary Nelson. I was down in the Dale Earnhardt pits moments ago, and they have told Earnhardt to pick up the pace and do what he can because the skies are looking awfully dark behind the racetrack. He was up there working on Jeff Bodine for about four or five laps. They got real close together, but now Earnhardt has fallen back at least a couple of car lengths. He's in turn three. As a matter of fact, as the cars come past us, it is better than a second and a quarter from first place Rudd back to third place Earnhardt. Bobby Allison got under and passed. Uh, the car he was working against on the racetrack, and Harry Gann and Bill Elliott have resumed their private battle. That is back in the top ten. Let's call it eighth and ninth positions. As now just nine cars 
are left on the lead lap. Rudd the leader, Bodine in second, Earnhardt third. Allison is fourth. He was battling along with Joe Rutman, who's the fifth place car. Darrell Waltrip is sixth. Seventh is Kyle Petty. Eighth now, Harry Gant just ahead of Bill Elliott, who's ninth. A lap down. Rusty Wallace is a car length ahead of Neil Bonnet for 10th and 11th. Bobby Hillen is one lap back in 12th. Two laps down, Tim Richmond, Ken Schrader, and Jody Ridley. Three laps behind are Doug Hebron, Dave Marcus, Alan Kulwicki, and Ron Bouchard. Four laps back, Morgan Shepard, Jimmy Beans, and Buddy Arrington. More than five laps down are Willie Ribs and Rick Baldwin. Those are the 24 cars running on the racetrack. Shown out of the race, Trevor Boys, Richard Petty, Terry Labonte, J.D. McDuffie, and Mike Walter. Just a great run this afternoon for Ricky Rudd, and if, if the team is in the field that needs a win, I guess they do as bad as anybody because they got off to kind of a disappointing start. Things have not gone their way. Bud Moore's team has probably put as much work and burned the midnight oil as, as any team on the circuit, and when you do that and then the results don't get positive for you, it really kind of hurts, but all of a sudden in the last three or four races, starting at Bristol, Tennessee, I guess, when Bud was out sick with viral hepatitis, he is back at the racetrack here this weekend, and it's... He is tickled to be back, but that team seemed to turn around up there, and they are doing an awful lot of work, and Bud says by the time they get to Talladega, he feels like they'll be back in the saddle as, as well, maybe as Elliott was last year. If they are, it'll be kind of awesome. Well, I think point-wise, they would have been in good shape, but for the wreck last week at Darlington, that dropped Ricky to 14th in the point standings. He was battling along with Harry Gant. Gant had to spin his car to avoid a lapped car. Ricky had no choice but to slam into the driver's side door of Harry Gant's car. Nobody hurt. Just the pride in the sheet metal and the race cars. It knocked a good race, two good race cars out of contention in that one wreck and foiled the chances of both those drivers, both of whom need a good finish. Well, when the situation comes up like that, all you can do is just, as they say, kind of grin and bear it. We're in the final lap here at the North Wilkesboro Speedway. It looks like 355, 365 on the board, 345. I can't see that far, as you well know. How about 345 is what it says, I believe. All right, thank you. Anytime, since I'm standing up here, at least I can do his help. One guy who had to spin his car last week all also putting on a good show now is Joe Rutman. He has closed in to right behind Bobby Allison. That will shape up as the battle for fourth and fifth. Rutman has come from about a second and a half down. Ned, I know a lot of these teams would like to see a caution flag come out there because tires, as we said, is the key here at North Wilkesboro. A fresh set of tires will give you a little better run at whoever's out there, no matter how dominant the car is. But if it stays like it is, it's going to be awfully hard to catch Ricky. You could almost hear the excitement in Bud Moore's voice a moment ago that they felt like they had it all dialed in. The only thing they're concerned about, as he said, is gas. And the car is really working good, Barton, no question about it. He's still turning laps in about 21.2 seconds, which is faster than they were running, or about the same speed they were running back early in the race. So the race back hasn't changed that much. I think that maybe has been the Rudd's advantage here this afternoon. The car is able to stick right down on the inside of the racetrack. And he will be tough to catch if he has enough gas. He's pulling away, Ned. About 10 laps ago, he led... Jeff Bodine by only about eight-tenths of a second. He's gained. We have a car in the wall in turn number two. Dave Marcus's Helen Ray special tags the wall between one and two. We are under caution here in North Wilkesboro. Well, that's going to kick all our strategy right out the window, as it always does, and everybody will be on pit road for a change of Goodyear tires and a tank of Unical gasoline to set up an exciting finish here this afternoon. It will be the eighth caution flag of the day. Dave Marcus is okay as they check out the damage and hook his car up to the record. Very interesting situation on that car, Barney, with Helen Ray Smith, the sponsor, is out in Arizona, doesn't get to too many races, but uh, as Dave says, she stays involved as much as she can with the racing long distance. Uh, Helen Ray Smith, uh, who is the uh, sponsor and everything of the car, was at Daytona. She was at Atlanta. We tested last week at Talladega. She came over for the testing. Uh, and other than that, she watches them on TV and listens on the radio. 
a lot of people have said, who is Helen Ray? I've heard that more on pit road this year, and Marcus always is very patient to explain to him. She's quite a lady, though. I've seen mm -hmm. her around a few times, and she likes stock car racing. She really does. And unfortunately, that car is pretty well used up as it's up there into the turn one retaining wall. You could be going to Daytona as the grand prize winner in our goodies race for the money sweepstakes, and what a vacation you could have with two tickets to the goodies 300 and Daytona 500, a tour of the NASCAR garage to meet your favorite driver, lodging for two for four nights at the Treasure Island Inn, $1,000 in cash, and round-trip airfare from Piedmont Airlines. Or you could win one of our eight racing holiday of the month prizes, two tickets to a selected Winston Cup race, $300 cash, and round-trip airfare on Piedmont Airlines. To enter, send your name, address, and phone number in the front panel from any size package of goodies, headache powders, or the name goodies, headache powders, printed in plain block letters on a 3x5 piece of paper. Send your entry to Goodies Race for the Money, Box 500, Daytona Beach, Florida, 32015. Complete rules where you buy goodies or at Piedmont Airlines City Ticket Offices. We're still under caution here at the North Wilkesboro Speedway. Single file they're riding on the racetrack right now. It'll be a while yet as they're cleaning up debris from the Dave Marcus crash over in turn number one. Repeating again, apparently Dave is all right, moving around in the car and climbed out under his own power. They have finally hooked the car up to the wrecker and pull it away, but the safety crews will have to sweep down the turn two area. Marty, we always talk about Bobby Allison, who is currently in fourth place and, and running very well here today as the leader of the Alabama gang. But Bobby grew up and did a lot of his short track racing before he went Winston Cup racing down in Florida, where he's just been nominated to the Florida Sports Hall of Fame. And I know everybody in the sport is, is very proud of auto racing being recognized and Bobby's accomplishments being recognized. He'll join quite a select group of people there when he gets inducted in May. Well, that was a, a very gratifying surprise to me, too. Um, you know, I was born and raised in Miami, but a lot of folks don't know that. Uh, you know, I've been from Alabama for an awful long time. I moved there in 1959, really before my career got much of a start. I had run in South Florida, and I had won races in South Florida. But uh, my, my real success started developing after I got into Alabama and uh, became a a product, so to speak, of Alabama, one of the, the Alabama uh, entries on the circuit. And, you know, for Florida to go back and uh, review things and, and include me uh, among the ones that they uh, honor in their Hall of Fame, I thought was quite, uh, quite nice. That's a pretty select list of people that you're aligned with there. Well, it really is. You know, uh, uh, Florida, of course, is uh, a very sports-minded state, but on the other hand has been outside of the, uh, the general uh, area of, of professional major league sports except for Daytona. You know, Daytona uh, had professional auto racing uh, implanted there long before football and, and the uh, baseball and the other things that have come along uh, and, and have entered into at least a degree into Florida's uh, sports picture. That's thoughts of Bobby Allison. He'll be inducted next month. Jerry Punch is right over near where Dave Marcus's car is being backed in behind the pit wall. Well, they are bringing what's left of the Helen Ray Chevrolet back in. The wreckers uh, are in, uh, pushing the car back behind the pit wall. Dave is still behind the wheel. Dave, first of all, are you okay? Yeah, I'm all right, Jerry. What happened up there? We heard a loud explosion as you went into turn one. Did you cut a tire or something down? Jerry, I just motioned Bobby and them by on the inside because it looks like the fast car's been running better on the inside. So I just motioned them by. I thought I was doing them a favor, and the throttle hung up on me, and I just went straight ahead. I had the brakes on. Nothing, you know, just kept sliding. I couldn't do anything. Looks like the car is pretty well used up out there, Dave. He's trying to get his earpiece on. Looks like the car took a pretty good lick over there. Uh, the car is pretty bad. Uh, I would say the front frame section, rear frame section, and probably the axle housing. Uh, 
It went in a wall running wide open. I had the brakes on, just wouldn't slow down. Well, the front is gone, the rear is gone, but the driver is okay. Well, that's the kind of crash you appreciate walking away from, but he got both ends of the race car. Double file restart as they're forming up in turn number three. The pace car picking up speed will be diving out of pit road. Earnhardt has his work cut out for him to hold off Ricky Rudd, Jeff Bodine, and the rest of the field as Harold Kinder waves the green, and they go at it down to turn one. Tim Richmond's going to race him into the corner, trying to get himself back up there and get one of the laps back, but a good start for Earnhardt as he is pulled away from Ricky Rudd. Five car lengths as they work the back straight away. Just some 40 laps or so remaining as Earnhardt pulls away. He does have Richmond as the bumper and buffer car. It also has Ricky Rudd going around traffic, losing some ground. Now, Richmond is two laps down, and Rudd just now goes around Rusty Wallace, who is a lap behind, so Richmond could be in a position to play the spoilers role here. Bobby Allison loses a bit of ground, and underneath him is Rutman. Joe trying to take the inside groove. He has enough room to pull off the pass, and he does before he runs up on the Rusty Wallace car. So Rutman leads Allison and Waltrip in that order. Three good runs for Joe Rutman in a row at Bristol, at Darlington, and here this week they have the car really zinging around the racetrack, but now Earnhardt is a man they're all watching just drive away, much the same as he did at Darlington, South Carolina. There's still a lot of racing left at North Wilkesboro. Earnhardt has not been that strong until he got about 10 or 15 laps on those tires, but all of a sudden, he is just exiting turn number four, has a good full second on Ricky Rudd, and Rudd's going to have his hands full with Jeff Bodine as they work back into turn number one, and Ruckman is closing in on the front three as they go off the corner in two. Joe's starting to rumble, and so is Darrell Waltrip. He's tired of following Bobby Allison's tire tracks. Waltrip looked high. He looked low last time off turn four. They're entering three again. Let's see if Darrell tries a move this time. Uh-uh. He'll follow through. A lot of good runners here today. Earnhardt, the leader. Rudd in second. Bodine in third have all done a good job. So, too, is Rutman, the fourth place car. Bobby Allison in fifth. Waltrip in sixth. Kyle Petty in seventh. Harry Gann in eighth. They've been battling all day. So, too, with the ninth place car, that is Bill Elliott. Here is Waltrip going up to the high side. This will be on Bobby Allison as they come off four. He takes it way out toward the wall as they come off the corner, and Allison goes right out there with him. They traded a little paint going down the straightaway. Allison again holds down to the bottom of the racetrack, but Darrell doesn't even crack the throttle. He stays alongside Allison out of the corner. He'll try to pass him on the inside, outside in three. This is for fifth place. The two cars virtually side by side. Allison holds the position on the inside lane. Bobby comes off straight and true. Waltrip, though, gets a little more wound up coming off the high side of the corner, and he will beat him back to the corner. Bodine gets into the back bumper of Ricky Rudd. Those cars, however, maintain their single-file formation. There's still Richmond ahead of Rudd and Bodine. Tim a couple of laps down, and Earnhardt still leads. That's going to be a big problem for both Ricky Rudd and Jeff Bodine is Tim Richmond. Now, Richmond won't give you an inch on a racetrack. He's pretty much like Dale Earnhardt. If his car's capable of staying up there, that's exactly what he'll do. He'll make them work for it. And of course, Earnhardt's the same way. You hear us say every week, catching a driver is one thing, getting around is another. They're back in three and four. Rutman is now within a car length of Rudd and Bodine, so Joe virtually there in a three-way battle for second. This time, Richmond moves over. NASCAR's radioed him that he is two laps down and let the fellas racing for the win go race for the win. Richmond obliged to do that. He'll drop in line behind Joe Rutman and the front four now together. And they are tied tightly together. They are pulled by a second now from Darrell Waltrip, who finally got by Bobby Allison in their well, that's going to solve one of their problems back there. The other is directly ahead, that yellow and blue Wrangler machine. He's not going to pull over for anybody, but Ricky Rudd is there, pulls right up on him out of turn number two, was going to make a run underneath him, settles in. They have to try it again up to three. Chevrolet, Ford, Chevrolet, Buick, those four cars trying to lead here in North Wilkesboro. Rudd wants the lead. Ricky Rudd inside Earnhardt, contact out of turn number four. As Rudd got into the rear quarter panel of Earnhardt, didn't seem to phase him. 
Still the leader off two is Earnhardt. But it's also allowed Bodine to try an outside pass on Rudd. He can't make it work. He'll sink to the inside. No opportunity there. Rutman does not change his line. It's still Earnhardt, Rudd, Bodine, and Rutman. Well, those three cars dicing for second spot, and Ricky trying to get the lead from Earnhardt. It'll take a little pressure off him because Ricky's going to have his hands full. If he slips just a bit, Bodine's going to go underneath, and so is Rutman. They're nose to tail off the corner, down the back straightaway single file. And for the one, for the time being, these cars are going to battle it among themselves. They are a half of a lap away from catching any race traffic at these four for themselves. Kind of interesting, Barney, that both these drivers pretty much know what the other ones got. Before Rudd drove for Bud Moore, he drove for Richard Childress. Before Earnhardt drove for Richard Childress, he was Bud Moore's chauffeur. Go ahead. I was going to say, they come off the corner, and Ricky Rudd looked as though he was ready to make an inside move on Earnhardt, but Dale quickly covered that inside groove. I think he was a bit wide off, too. Ricky takes a look on the outside out of the corner. No way to pass Earnhardt on the outside going into turn number one. And again, they'll tuck in single file. Rutman's going to drift a little high, but he stays in the throttle, tries to pull outside of Bodine for third spot. He won't be able to do it. All the while, Darrell Waltrip is now coming in a hurry. He is merely four to five car lanes behind Rutman in their battle. Waltrip was penalized 15 seconds under that last caution by NASCAR for too many men over the pit wall. Didn't hurt him. He's caught up in line and is about to catch the race leaders, or at least catch Tim Richmond, who is two laps down. We have 25 laps to go at North Wilkesboro. By a car length, Earnhardt the leader, Rudd second, Bodine third, Rutman fourth, then a lapped car, then Waltrip in fifth, Allison in sixth, Kyle Petty in seventh, Gant in eighth, and Elliott ninth. Ricky Rudd still chasing Dale Earnhardt. He's about a half a car length away. Gets a fender underneath him out of turn number two. Traffic's going to be a big factor for the whole field here in just a moment. Rudd has to tuck back in single file over in three. They'll go around Buddy Arrington, around Jimmy Means. They've got to negotiate past Chet Phillip and Willie T. Out of turn four, the lap cars move to the inside. And Willie Ribs has been impressive in his NASCAR debut. He got knocked around and spun around once, but otherwise it's a learning experience for him, and he's learning his lessons well. But here come the leaders. Leaders are already past the Chet Phillip machine. Those running third, fourth, and fifth still working by Arrington and Means, and now the leader has to pass Willie T. Ribs. Earnhardt looks him over out of the corner. Ribs goes out against the wall. Dale finally gets his attention as he goes down into turn number one. Willie tucks it right to the bottom of the racetrack. He doesn't want any part of that at this stage of his career, that's for sure. Earnhardt gets around him. Now Ricky's going to pass him up the backstretch. Meanwhile, the battle for fourth place, Joe Rutman tries Waltrip to the high side, going into turn number three. He just can't make it stick out there. And Waltrip, in turn, will want a piece of Bodine. Well, the fans here have done their imitation of the Tiger Stadium wave. They all got up, but they never sat down. Everybody's on their feet as these final 15 laps unfold. This is turning out to be a heck of a show here at Wilkesboro as Earnhardt leads Ricky Rudd now by three car lanes. They have a full second on Bodine, who is nose-to-tail with Waltrip and Rutman. Biggest crowd to ever see a race here at the North Wilkesboro Speedway is assembled this afternoon. Not a seat left in the house, standing room only, and has been that way since about 11.30 this morning as they're watching a dandy. It's been the best race we've ever seen at this racetrack. Been coming here a lot of years. Earnhardt by two car lengths, about three seconds, back to third place, Jeff Bodine. Those front two cars effectively breaking away now. You'd think it'll be settled among those two. Well, maybe not, because right behind them there are three cars battling for third, fourth, and fifth. 
Back behind them, Bobby Allison's all alone. So, too, is Harry Gant. But then Kyle Petty has Bill Elliott to tangle with. Those cars tangle while Joe Ruckman again tries Waltrip to the high side. Joe has taken a much higher groove off the number two corner, but that's not really the way to pass here in three and four. It doesn't work this time either. Darrell's looking for any way around. He and Bodine have tapped each other a little bit in both ends of the speedway. He's tried to get underneath him. Outside, he can't do it. And every time Darrell ducks down a little bit low, Ruckman tries to get around him on the outside. Took a look at him that time, but those three are nose to tail. They're back in three. This time, Darrell went all the way inside, also trying to cover the spot there, thinking that Ruckman might try and pass inside, but they hold position. Harold Kinder holding both hands, fingers outstretched, 10 laps to go in his short track shootout at North Wilkesboro as the leaders head out of two. Off the corner, it is still Earnhardt leading right by two car lengths. They've got nearly two seconds then on Bodine, who is tied together with Waltrip and Ruckman, and it's a goodly distance back to Allison and six. Well, a lot of people predicted it might be Dale Earnhardt's year. They came out smoking at Daytona and lost that one on a gas stop down there. They ran out of fuel. And then since that time, as, as we've said, there's been a dominant car in Winston Cup racing this year. This year it has been Dale Earnhardt. He still has his hands full with Ricky Rudd as they work through the north end of the speedway. Ricky hasn't been able to do anything with him. The best effort he's been able to do the last 25 laps around is just get a fender underneath him going through the south end of the track in turn one. That's as close as he, he has been able to get. They work off the corner. Rudd one car length behind. The battle now for third position, still holding as it is with Bodine leading Waltrip and Rutman. They went by the slower car of Bobby Hillen Jr. That took away the inside groove that Waltrip had wanted. If Earnhardt holds on, he'll knock apart NASCAR's win streak, which now sits at 11 different drivers as Earnhardt won last week at Darlington. He takes it off turn number two, six laps to go. And midway down, or midway up, shall we say, this uphill back straightaway. Earnhardt still leading by a couple of car lengths on Ricky Rudd. They're now full two seconds over third place on back. Well, it looks like Ricky's hoping Dale will make a mistake. He's been trying to take him into the corner a little harder maybe than he wanted to go, but Earnhardt does not make a lot of mistakes. Neither does Ricky Rudd. Nobody makes too many mistakes in this business anymore. They're the best in Winston Cup racing. No question about that. So Earnhardt again has his car to his liking. He has most of the week in practice. Keeps it right down at the bottom of the racetrack. You can see the rear end kick out just a bit coming off turn number four, but not enough to bother him. Five laps to go as Ricky chases him back to turn number two. Still one car length back. They pulled away from Jeff Bodine and Darrell Walter and Joe Rutman by a full four seconds. They're heading for three. Joe, last time by, had tried that outside pass again on Waltrip. It didn't work, and it also dropped him a further half car lane back. Four laps to go, and Rudd is there. He is cl slowly closing on Earnhardt. He is now within just about three feet at turn number one. Look to the inside, and they're almost bumper to bumper out of two. Well, time's winding down here. Ricky Rudd right there in the tire tracks of Earnhardt. They take the identical groove as low as possibly through turns three and four. Ned, you save up. I guess Ricky Rudd has everything he has for one final shot. If he fails to make the pass, gets underneath him and makes his move, it's all over. Yes, it is, uh, Barney. I think he backed off a little bit, let his tires cool a little bit, and then these last, last five laps was going to try to make a run at it, but the time is now. They're in turns three and four. No change in the running order, and they're still two and a half, nearly three seconds up on third place. Two laps to go as they come off turn number four. Earnhardt now by a car length. Then it is Bodine for third, Walter for fourth, Rutman on his bumper for fifth. Out of turn number two. The Quincy Steakhouse machine for Alan Kowicki is ahead of the leaders. It is possible that he could come into play, although not likely, as Earnhardt leads him off four looking for the white flag. There's a good possibility that traffic may play a factor in this. They're going to catch some of the lap cars. White flag for Earnhardt as he takes it off into turn number one. He'll catch Alan Kulwicki. 
as they work off the corner and down the back straightaway. Rudd still one car length back. Ricky, if he has one last chance, time to show the cards now. He is within two car lanes to the leader as they come off turn number four. Ricky, one car length back as they come down the corner of the straightaway. Tries around the outside. He's going to come up short by two car lengths. Dale Earnhardt will win it. Ricky Rudd will finish second. The battle for third, a close one. It'll be Jeff Bodine, then Darrell Waltrip, and Joe Rutman, the top five. It's all over at North Wilkesboro Speedway, and Dale Earnhardt makes it two in a row by winning here the first Union 400. We'll be back and go to Victory Lane in a moment. NASCAR Today continues on the Motor Racing Network. At the North Wilkesboro Speedway, Dale Earnhardt is heading for Victory Lane, and as he pulls in there, we'll wait a moment or so, give him time to collect his thoughts before Ned catches him. Let's see if Jerry Punch is caught up with the second-place finisher. We have, Marty Hall. We caught up with Ricky Rudd, just climbed out of the motorcraft forward. And first of all, Ricky, a gallant effort. Congratulations on a good run this afternoon. Well, thank you. You know, this motorcraft forward run good all day. Uh, it's a shame we lost the race. Earnhardt run pretty good, too. Uh, what really hurt us, I guess, is at that last pit stop. We had like 22-second pit stops all day, and our last pit stop was 27 seconds. And, uh, you know, we didn't get the good stop when it counted. So that's the difference in the win in the second, I think. Looks like the last few laps you were backing off a little bit, maybe trying to save the tires. Do you think you might have a shot at him with a couple laps to go? No, I could. Uh, I did best when I could get up there and try to run Dale hard. He would get down in that uh, third and fourth corner. The, the, the t uh, racetrack was tearing up. And he'd get in there real deep, and his car would walk out. That's when I could make ground. It looked like uh, our cars were pretty well even. Uh, I probably trying to catch him, you know, I was overdriving the corners and I'd get a run at him and then I'd back up, you know, but uh, I was trying to get close enough to give him a Dale Earnhardt in the back bumper, but it didn't work. you got to be awfully proud of your car owner, Bud Moore. He was voted TRW mechanic of the race for a, with a thousand dollar award going to him and Greg and all the crew and the, they worked awfully hard all afternoon. Well, you know, this forward, we just need to work on acceleration. Uh, we just couldn't get up off the corner. If I could get track position and get out front, we could keep everybody behind. But, you know, you just you can't count on that all day long. And uh, we're just getting beat a good car link up off each corner. The car handled perfectly. Couldn't ask for it to do anything different. Well, that's Ricky Rudd finishing second in the motocraft forward. Well, as they said, they're beginning to see a little daylight in that team, and they're going to be in victory lane before too long. There's no question about that. I think so, Barney. That's that's true. Maybe Jerry Punch will have a chance to talk with some of the other top five finishers that they're piled there around the gas pumps at the conclusion of this race. Jeff Bodine had a good run today. Good run for Joe Rutman. I think Kenny Bernstein will probably feel their team is pretty vindicated today. In the first two races of the year, Joe tore up more sheet metal than Kenny had in 10 years of funny car racing. It was kind of a rude awakening to the Winston Cup circuit, and Joe, uh, Jerry is there with Joe. Well, Joe Rutman, a uh, pretty good run for the Quaker State Buicks afternoon. Uh, I think you got to feel awfully good about your shot today. Well, there's no question the car, you know, the team and the car and the, the sponsors 100%. It's just been a matter of time that we've clicked, and it's really a shame that, uh, you know, I, I wasn't a little bit better right at the end, but we, we give her our best shot, and I know I did, and I know the boys and the crew did too. So, you know, this way here, it gives us a little momentum uh, with at least a fifth-place finish that maybe, maybe we can get this old Quaker City job up a little closer to number one. Looked like there were probably four or five, maybe six cars that were pretty well equal out there. Uh, nobody could get an advantage. Well, there's no question. It just seemed to be who was able to pick up the, the, the best staggered tires. And and uh, a couple times uh, we had a good set. And, I, you know, I, I noticed the 15 car come from nowhere. So they must have adjusted him into the game. But the three and the, and the five car seemed to be kind of steady all day long like we were. Looks like the Kenny Bernstein team has, has already got the short track program together pretty well with a good run at Richmond, a good run here. But how about the big tracks? I know you guys are working awfully hard to go to Talladega and run well. Well, obviously we were quick at Daytona, but the driver ran into a big crash. So we opened his eyes. I think we're going to be all right. We were we were real fast at Daytona. 
I think I'm going to be I'm real optimistic about uh, Talladega because we've got the car back together and, and they say it looks real good in the wind tunnel. So we want to get tough from here on. That's Joe Rutman finishing fifth. Let's go to victory lane and Ed Jarrett. Well, Dale Earnhardt is out of this Wrangler Goodwrench Chevrolet. Dale, this one uh, was a little bit tougher than that one last week. It was. Uh, I had a race all day. Our car was pretty much dialed in. And, uh, you know, if we'd beat him out of defense, we could run in, in front and not really worry about it, Ned. And, you know, thank the good Lord, the rain held off, and we got this one in. I was worried about it there halfway, but, uh, you know, Rich and them got a good set of tires on that last stop. They, they you know, had real good stops all day, beat people out of pits. They put me in the lead by, by pitting, and, uh, you know, they just did their part, and I think that's what won us the race. If I'd have had to race Ricky from behind, I don't know whether I could beat him. I'll tell you, there were a lot of cars out there that seemed pretty well equal today. They were. It depends. Uh, you know, if you could keep a guy behind you, you can make him wear his tires and do things that, uh, you know, he didn't want to do. If, it's like Ricky. When he was out front, he could run his line, and he, he just checked out on us. And uh, I did the same thing back in the race. But uh, that last uh, little deal there was a run for the money, I guarantee you. Well, I tell you, it was a thrill for the fans, no question about it. Dale, you have been the dominant car. Barney and Mike Joy and I have talked about it on the broadcast. You've led more laps than anybody else this year. So these last two races now are really showing what this team's made of. Well, it is. Uh, they've been, uh, you know, working hard and been competitive all year long. We've, you know, had miscues and a little bad luck, and uh, we we got the bugs worked out now, hoping hopefully we can hang tough like this the rest of the year, and we'll go for them points. Okay, well, he's uh, gained a few more here today. Congratulations. Thank you, Ned. Well, boy, they sure have everything in their corner right now, but they've earned it because Richard Childress has really put together a good operation. There's not a harder-working team in the business. No, that's true, Barney, they, and they deserve it. They are the only team to win two races this year, let alone two in a row. And, Barney, we caught up with Jeff Bodine, who drew, brought the Levi Garrett Chevrolet home to a good third-place finish, and Jeff looks like early on you were having a good shot at having a win, but uh, late in the race looked like everyone looked equal. Uh, everyone did get pretty equal. Uh, we ran away at the start, came in and changed tires, and got a... A, a mismatched set of tires, I guess. They just wouldn't hook up to anything. And uh, we fought way back, got them off, and then we ran well, but we, we were always behind. We never could get caught up right until till the end. And then we uh, we went out and passed uh, Dale and was running away again. And I guess Willie T spun out over here in turn two, and we sure didn't need that caution. And then we came in, and, and it just seemed like uh, they got their setup a little better, and maybe uh, we didn't improve. and. And there at the end, they got out ahead of us on a pit stop, and that's all I wrote. I just couldn't catch him. I couldn't even keep up with uh, Dale or Ricky. They ran really strong today, and that Ford was strong. And, uh, of course, old Ironhead, he's always strong on these short tracks. Well, that pretty well sums it up. Jeff Bodine having a good run, coming home in third spot. At least he completed some laps. As we said, uh, the last two times he'd started on the pole before coming here, he didn't get that far in the race. But that team's coming together. They'll be all right. They've got to be happy, Barney. They had a good competitive race car and, and ran a good show and ran all day today. One driver that didn't was Richard Petty. The King's already got a lifetime supply of goodies headache powder, but he'll get $500 and the goodies headache award after sitting on the outside pole. Uh, having a cut tire, cut him a lap down, and then they lost the engine and, and were out for the day. Dale Earnhardt wrapping up victory lane ceremonies here after winning two in a row, and he has to be awfully happy. There's, they had, they definitely have their sights set on the Winston Cup championship this year. Well, we'll vote on the Timex Timeliest Move Award, but uh, the fellow who's going to get my nomination, I might as well start, I'm here, is Richard Childress. And not for anything they did during the race, but for where he picked his pit stall. They had the farthest pit down the road, down toward turn number one. And I've got to think that helped get Dale Earnhardt on that last caution flag out back onto the racetrack and into the lead, which he defended against Ricky for the rest of the race. And, Ned, maybe you can ask him that. Okay, he's standing right beside us here. Richard, uh, first congratulations on a super win. Mike Joy was just saying that you 
chose a pit down there that helped you to was that part of the thinking that you chose so you could get in and out of the pits or maybe beat them a little bit more because your men performed good to get the car four tires on it and all that kind of thing well you know i just i pitted back down there uh even you know when i used to race here and it's just kind of a habit for us to pit there i don't think it's any advantage up here to pit down there uh, the guys did it today. We just had super pit stops all day, and, uh, you know, my hat's off to that pit crew. They well, are the world's greatest, right? Well, certainly they have proven that two years in a row in the Unical uh, pit crew competition, and the man who heads that up is Kirk Shelmerdine, the crew chief on the car. Kirk, you, Dale said you got a good set of tires on it on that last pit stop, and that's important. It really is, especially on a slick racetrack like we had today. you got to have the tires like the driver wants them, and uh, we're fortunate enough to be able to keep them that way all day. You were down there right in the first turn. You see Ricky Rudd running there on him every time around. Some anxious moments, I guess. It sure was. The whole, the whole day was really pretty tense for us. And uh, Rain on and off and track position so important. We just weren't sure what the outcome was going to be. Well, they, they got the outcome the way they wanted it, and now they are in victory lane. It's well, his first career win here at North Wilkesboro yeah, Speedway. He's come here 15 times. He's had eight top five finishes, but it's the first time he's been to victory lane at this racetrack. Okay, we still need to get Ned's nomination for the Timex. I don't know if he voted for Childress or, or what. Did well, you? you know, earlier in the uh, earlier in the race, when Bud Moore was pitted right in front of our position, I had a similar feeling about him because there was no car in front of him. The scales would separate him and Darrell Waltrip, and as tight as the pits are here at North Wilkesboro, if you can get a little bit of an advantage of that sort, I was going to cast my nomination in that way. But since the Richard Childers crew beat Bud Moore out on that last one, I'll have to go along with that. I think Richard Childers was holding back a little bit something there. I think there is an advantage to being down there where he was. Eli Gold? I'm going to concur that we commented, as a matter of fact, during a commercial break that those kind of pit stops will win those guys some races. It happened today. That's the way my nomination goes. Jerry Punch? I'll have to say the same thing, Barney. I was down in the lower end of the pits all afternoon, and I saw Bodine come in, and I saw Ricky Rudd come in. Both those cars made pit stops actually a little bit quicker than Richard Childers, but, but Earnhardt's position at the very far end of the pit road enabled him to get out in front of them back on the racetrack, and that was the difference, I think, that gave him the win. They were able to get out quickly. My vote goes to Richard Childers. Well, you'd almost have to give it to the whole team because they did do good pit work all day long. I don't think they got beat out of the pits but one time here at the North Wilkesboro Speedway, so... Regardless of how I vote, the money is going to go $750 from Timex to the Richard Childress pit crew this afternoon. And they do, do deserve it because they, obviously, if you went to victory lane, you did something right. That's for sure, Barney. Unofficially, the cars on the lead lap were Earnhardt, the winner, Ricky Rudd in second, Jeff Bodine in third, Darrell Waltrip in fourth, Joe Rutman in fifth, sixth to Bobby Allison, seventh to Harry Gant, eighth to Kyle Petty, and ninth to Bill Elliott. Those were the cars that were on the lead lap the way we have them. That's uh, unofficially. The order of finish, you can take us a little further back in the field. Rusty Wallace is credited finishing in 10th position. It'll be Neil Bonnet, 11th. Tim Richmond comes up with a 12th place run after having all kinds of problems here today. Bobby Hill in 13th. Kenny Schrader finishes 14th. Jody Ridley comes up with a good 15th place run here today as they're getting a little stronger each week. Doug Hevron finishes 16th, the 17th position, going to Ron Bouchard, finishing 18th in the 48 car, and I have to remember Morgan Shepard was in that. They switch drivers in that thing so often, you have to kind of jog your memory a minute to remember who's in it. Finishing in 19th, good run for Alan Kulwicki. We didn't talk about him all day long, but he is doing an outstanding job, and I think when we go to Martinsville next week at Clay Earl's half-mile track up there, we need to do a couple of features with that young man because he really is coming up with some good runs and has only that one car, takes care of it all day, and still hustles the car around there and runs, gets some good finishes. He comes up in 19th position. Jimmy Means will finish 20th, 21st to Buddy Arrington, and Arrington also had a good run here this afternoon. That'll take us back through the top 20. 
Willie Ribs in his NASCAR debut ended up with a 22nd place finish today in his first race. And I guess it must be great to get that first one out of the way. It has been all season. He's been trying to, to get to a race and make the field. And uh, he did a good job. He got his car banged up a bit. He got he spun out or got spun out, whichever, down in turn number two there. But uh, I think for a debut, with all the pressure that must be on this young fellow, now he wears that well. He kind of enjoys being the eye of the storm of controversy uh, wherever he races. But he gave a good accounting of himself. It was inevitable that he got tapped a little bit today. That's the first thing you learn when you come into Winston Cup racing is that if you're out there and you have a car that is not running for the lead or whatever and you're holding up somebody, they'll be patient a lap or two and let you look in the mirror and see they're back there. And then if they don't, they'll give you a little shot to let yeah. you know. And those kind of lessons you don't forget. No. I want to remind you of the upcoming Winston Cup races. Next Sunday we'll be at Martinsville, Virginia for the Sovereign Bank 500. Hope you'll be there or join us on MRN. Two weeks from today, the Winston 500 at Talladega. And three weeks from today, the Winston and the Atlanta Invitational at Atlanta International Raceway. Also, the Winston Racing Series, 64 weekly NASCAR racetracks across the country in the chase for the National Short Track Championship began Friday, April 18th, and it runs for the next 22 weeks through September 14th. Why don't you check out one of those Winston Racing Series tracks near you? You can write to NASCAR at P.O. Bin K, Daytona Beach, and they'll be happy to send you the address and schedule of the Winston Racing Series track in your area. Well, a short track racing. Barney, you couldn't ask for much more. You had nine cars in the lead lap here today. You had six cars that were battling for position when the checkered flag dropped. I don't know how it could get any better at Martinsville next week. but Well, when they add the framming and bamming to it yeah. that we see up there, it gets a little more close quarter at Martinsville. It ought to be a heck of a show next weekend, and that's where all the fans will be heading up there next weekend at Clay Earl's beautiful track. Their ticket offices will be open all week. We had a sellout crowd here today. I think it's the biggest crowd, as we said, we've ever seen in North Wilkesboro's history. We did not get a crowd estimate, but it was sure packed here this afternoon. Now, at Martinsville, all the front stretch and the turns one and two seats are reserved, but the whole back stretch is unreserved grandstand. So even if you don't decide till Sunday morning to come to the track, you can still get there early in the morning and still get a good seat. The Winston Tour for the NASCAR Modifieds runs at Martinsville on Saturday. Don't forget to join us this Tuesday night on Motor Racing Network for Eli Gold and NASCAR Live, where you can call in your questions toll-free to the folks that make the news in auto racing. Our thanks today to Martha Mew Oliver and Louise Frazier on the scoring loop. Ed LaRue, who is our runner, along with Nelson Crozier, our assistant engineer, and the in-car radio provided by Nelson Specialties. And our thanks to the drivers and teams, Ken Schrader and Terry Labonte, who participated in our in-car radio broadcast today. And we try to bring you the view from behind the wheel, as well as what we observe around the racetrack of what's happening here at North Wilkesboro. Eli Gold cover the action up in turns three and four. Ned Jarrett and Jerry Punch on pit road. For the entire MRN team and for our anchorman Barney Hall, this is Mike Joy congratulating Dale Earnhardt on his first career win at North Wilkesboro and his second Winston Cup win in a row in today's First Union 400. Motor Racing Network Classics is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina. Remember to visit MRN.com for all the latest news and information. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network.